Gentlemen, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Garrett Smith. And uh, my name is Dan Scully. Bone Tomahawk to you all. Uh, Bone Tomahawk. And uh, we are joined today by the uh, the the ever so lovely and uh, always Is that the word? Uh, no, probably not, actually. Yeah. You've heard him before. He was actually, he was here to help us coin our uh, Bone Tomahawk greeting. Welcome Alex Perlman to the channel, everybody. Alex Perlman is here. Thank you, Dick Hatchet. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. To catch it, I What's still think of catch it. It's it's the other. It's the uh, it's the the sci-fi original spoof of uh, Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, uh, Dick Catch It. Okay, I thought it was like the name of like a character. No, that'd be great. Dick catch it. No, I still Dick think Catch is a good. You I thought write it was that like down. a parody of Dick Cavett because he gave him like the Alex Perlman yeah. intro. Like, okay, Dick Hatchet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta, gotta write, write that down. Yeah. You thought yeah. I was just calling Garrett a Dick Catch It? No, I thought you were like making a parody of Dick Cavett. It's a whole thing. Oh no, it's fine. No, Urban. I still think of that movie though. I still think of Bone Tomahawk. Oh, I think of Bone Tomahawk. There's so many Bone things. Tomahawk so still thinks of you. <laughs> um, I'm watching Battlestar Galactica right now with my wife. She had never originally watched it, oh. and there's a, a part in there. Have you guys seen it? Seen uh, it? No, I've seen I, the I first good season okay. and a half. So there's a part in um, season two uh-huh. where um, the robots they go back to their home planet and discover some people had survived, uh-huh. and the robots are um, keeping these women inside a place they call a farm, which is a hospital, <laughs> which they are um, trying to impregnate with robot babies. Uh-huh. And all I kept thinking about the entire time was the stump women with no uh-huh. eyes in the tunnel uh-huh. from Bone Tomahawk. Uh-huh. Um, I think about that. I think about Chicory and the music stand. Oh, I think yes. about Chicory a lot. I think about Chicory a lot. Yeah. I always think about that line at the end of the movie when uh, Kurt Russell says goodbye to Chicory and he's like, uh, he says, uh, say goodbye to my wife for me. I'll say hello to yours. Yeah. yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Cool. I, was, I was cleaning yeah. out my Dropbox the other day because it was full. Yeah. And I found about 25 consider chicory memes <laughs> that I, I had to heartbreakingly delete. Can I tell you? That's going to be my new <laughs> clearing out my Dropbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be my new. Um, Is that your new rubbing one out? Yeah, that's going to be my new euphemism <laughs> for that. I was clearing out my Dropbox the other day and a picture of chicory came up. And I was like. <laughs> Well, I guess I got one more in here. <laughs> <laughs> Consider my Dropbox empty. Yeah. No, uh, the big thing with Chicory, though, yeah. just before we get to the rest please, of it, fine. is I, I hope to someday to be as uh, good of a widower as he was. <laughs> yes. Right? The whole thing. I'm like, I hope that I can hold my wife, if, if she ever passes, yeah. that I can hold her into the esteem that that man does. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He makes me want to be a better person. Right? Yeah. That whole movie, I feel, oh, it's so strange. That movie's about like toxic masculinity and all it makes you want to be is a better man by the end well, of it. Yeah. Think, I well, mean, who survives? Spo- spoiler alert, That's exactly. Right. Yeah. He survives because he's the one that had hope and respect and just, you know, he had enough of the good masculinity to go out and get shit done. Yeah. But he didn't have any of the toxicity that caused him to have an ego, which is what yeah. brought right. everyone else down. Everyone else down. And you yeah. know what? When I, I finally saw uh, Hateful Eight, and yes. the entire time I was thinking, this movie needs. Chicory. The closest thing they had was Sweet Dave. Yes. Yeah. For like a half a second. Uh, the thing is, then it would have been called The Hateful Eight and the Wonderful One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I hope we just spiked everything. <laughs> no, that was perfect. All right. Uh, if you guys want to find more episodes of I Like to Movie Movie, you can find them on I Like to Movie That's uh, the number two. I Like to Movie. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I Like to Movie. Facebook.com slash I Like to Movie. Uh, and you can check out more episodes of the show there. Tonight, we are talking about a movie that I have spent the better part of a decade uh, defending to people ardently. Wait, let's do, let's recreate a scene from literally the first day that we decided to uh, have I Like to Movie Movie as yep. a show. So I was like, oh, I, there's this really cool name. I like to movie movie. What do you think? I think that's a great name. I think we should, we should probably, run with that. Uh, we should probably come up with some movies that, that we... Let's make, make a list. Let's make a list of let's movies. Let's make a list. Knowing. Uh, well, what was that? Knowing. The Nick Cage movie? Knowing. The, the Nick, Nick Cage, Cage movie? Disaster knowing. Movie? Oh. Yeah, that one. Oh, we'll get to that it. That has to be on the list. I'm into it. We'll, well get I to need it. to tell people about that movie and how excellent it is. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. Uh, I, so I saw Knowing in theaters when, it turns out I must have been 21, 22 at the time. I thought I was like a 15-year-old. You kept saying like, I can't believe I watched this when I was 14. <laughs> that's, that's, it came out in 2009. When I, you watch that movie though, like it totally came out in 2005. Yeah, just yeah. when you look at it. But no, yeah. it came out in 2009. Yeah. No, it came out in 2009. And like the whole time you're like, what year is this supposed to be set in? I'm like, the first scene in the movie, they said yeah. 1959. Yeah. And then they go, 50 years later, yeah. they're removing the time capsule. Yeah. Do the fucking math, Garrett. They also literally say it's been 50 years over and over no, and over No, they don't say again. that. They like to say five decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They repeatedly say five decades. Yeah. They try every different way. It, you can tell that much like a poet or a rapper, they don't want to <laughs> use the same term over and over yes. again. So instead of saying punch, they'll say hit. Instead of hit, it's a jab. And so they're like, it was half a century yeah. ago. Yep. They keep doing that. And I'm like, you can just say 50 years, but yeah. we all know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so, Knowing is an Alex Proyas movie. Alex Proyas is uh, one of my favorite directors. He Dude, made Dark City. Dark City, which my, is, mm, we will so get good. to on this show at some point in the future. I'm going to set did, that um, one for this one and not Dark City. What was City? that masterpiece <laughs> he dropped on us last year? What was that called? Oh, again? it was called Gods of Egypt. That's the one. That's right. And yeah. it was, uh, didn't make my top 10 of the year, but it was damn close. Oh, I yeah. loved Gods of Egypt so much. It's uh, up for so many Razzies. Oh, I know. It's up for so but, many Razzies. And listen, I'm not saying it doesn't deserve those Razzies. Yeah. What I am saying is it was one of the greatest things I saw in 2016. You know, I will say in regards to the Razzies, there's two types of movies that get Razzies. Yes. Ones that we give the Razzies to because it deserves it, but then there's ones like Gods of Egypt that like were earnestly working to to earn the Razzies. Yes. And it earned those Razzies. You know, like, yeah. It these certainly aren't, these did. These aren't ra- I, I Razzies that, that it's just I taking home. Like <laughs> these are Razzies that it gunned for and got. I feel like with Gods of Egypt, um, there's a certain part of the movie too because so much of it's shot on green screen. That everyone's just like, I, I, I'm here. I mean, it, <laughs> it looked good on paper, but now I'm just I'm yelling at a tennis ball, and they told me it's the other actor who I've never met who's 25 feet tall. Well, now. Never going to meet. Never yeah. going to meet. <laughs> they said Game of Thrones guy was in here. I said, great, I love him. <laughs> never read a script. Yeah. What I like about Alex Proyas is that he has classically worked with a handicap. Yeah. Almost every single one of his movies that I know anything about was based on a handicap. It starts with The Crow. Yep. When very early on in shooting, his star gets shot to death mm-hmm. on set by accident. Mm-hmm. And he has to construct the rest of the movie out of it and does a very made what is essentially, like, it, in its own right, a classic. It's you become know? a cult classic for sure. And it's legendary, I think, not just because of the death, no. but because it's a cool movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark City, that's one that you can watch two different cuts of the movie that make two distinctly different movies. Yep. And there's I don't know a lot which of producer meddling. Did it have the reveal at the very beginning? <laughs> yeah, did you know what the ending was going to be before the movie started? 
Oh, uh, yeah. They do they, something where they, they it's kind of like Blade Runner maybe, where they I think, add the narration okay, and, and it tells think, you what's going on. Oh, yeah. And it's Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah. Then yeah. I've seen both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the director's cut is arguably yeah. the better movie. Yeah, because they don't tell you that. They don't tell you what, what the, you know, what the final experiment that's happening yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. There's the watchers and they have a stand on the exactly. walls they and give they have everything. taken yeah. part of humanity. Yeah. But even then, that's an example of him working with a handicap. That cut still works. Yeah, it does. He still was able to do it. Um, I Robot is a movie right. that was in the heart of Will Smith taking scripts, working them to be Will Smith yes. movies, and then turning them into PG thirteen. Exactly. Like, and, yeah, yeah. That was an adaptation of a short story collection. Yes. So made a movie that I think is actually kind of excellent. P- pretty good. Um, I, he's a good filmmaker. He's a good filmmaker. Knowing yeah. was another one where this was shopped around to a bunch of different directors, yep. and then he just took it. Gods I, of Egypt, same deal. I know. And he always comes through. Uh, the word auteur comes to mind uh-huh. because these are movies that could have been Brett Ratnered, mm-hmm. and instead you get these, you know, Brett Ratner esque products that have the stamp of a director as opposed to are just an assembled product. Yeah, and I think that's where Proyas really succeeds. And he's able to create like big memorable moments even within things that otherwise might not be totally working for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of why I loved Gods of Egypt so much is it's just like huge moment after huge moment that I will remember for the rest of my life. Whether that movie actually works as a whole. Can you name two? Yes, I can name the moment when they're fighting those big fucking snake dragon things okay. in the maze. Oh, I can so name cool. the moment when uh, they go to space and Jeffrey Ra is sailing a ship Jeffrey up there. Jeffrey Ra. Yeah, I sorry. Love, <laughs> I love, no, that's, no, that's, that's who better. Play. I should have just played that like I did that intentionally. Jeffrey no. Ra is up <laughs> yeah, there fucking... No, that's fine. He's what he's going to be Pounding his one. chest and yeah. using his laser no, spear be- that's fucking uh it's you know fueled by the spirit. sun it's a sun fire yeah it's fueled yeah. by the sun to it's fight actually, a demon world. actually to wrap it together it's a solar flare <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly well there's <laughs> a scene in gods of egypt flares. where they're crawling where they're sliding down the edge of a pyramid trying yep. to catch the was it the eye of horus yes and like there's there's no reason why that scene should work but by that moment i care yeah they've earned the tension and functionally in a vacuum like it's a well-constructed scene uh-huh. despite the fact that every amount of budgetary constraint uh, you know, effects constraint yeah. acting are working against it. It works, and I think that is the credit to Proyas. I, I was I was just still trying to figure <laughs> out why one of the gods was Scottish. That just bothered me. I mean, there that was. I, I get you know a lot of people argued about the race thing with yeah. gods of Egypt, and you and I actually talked about this yeah. about how you you know they're supposed to be the gods, and then then you get the whole like, well, then why are the gods white? Because it's yeah. not like white supremacy that all the gods are white. But you know, we can go out the other side. I think, but it's space there, Egypt. No, but the yeah. thing is, is is that I didn't get about it is like at least be consistent. And when you have one guy who has a deep Scottish accent, who I've watched do a fake American accent, uh-huh. all right, a bunch yeah. of times, that threw me off. But that's not the movie we're talking about. No, that's true. Wait, I will say this, though. I rewatched Gods of Egypt yeah. recently because it was on at my parents' house. Hell yeah. And it yeah, it's on HBO right My dad's now. like, what is this? And I'm like, yeah. leave it on. Leave yeah. it on. You got to watch this. Leave it on. And it's actually, as these things go, a pretty diverse cast. Oh, yeah. how, it's, how it is a... Uh, you know, uh, spread out amongst the importance of the roles. <laughs> We're even going to get into what roles are <laughs> yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. But I was looking around. I was like, you know, there's there's actually a lot of of people of color involved in this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there's yeah, that, different th- shades. There was a lot of people who looked Egyptian being treated as slaves. Yeah. Building the tower. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep yeah. into that. But yeah. you know, yeah. when even Proyas himself said something to the effect of, "I always think about that when I make these." Movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said, but you and have he to work has, with what you got." Yeah. And, and he also said he was game. like, "How am I going to get this budget with a bunch of people who are from Egypt that no one's ever heard of?" Like. Exactly. They might be a huge Egyptian star, but huge Egyptian movies don't get 140 million. Therein lies the source of the diversity problem, yeah. is that the, the business has to change to the point where yeah. we as consumers 
And it's starting to happen where we mm-hmm. as consumers go and throw the money at the things with the unrecognizable faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, we start to we start to see diversity outside of Vin Diesel action movies. Yeah, well, because yeah. then we start generating, I mean, it, the, this isn't the reason you uh, you would want this to happen, but it's like we start generating recognizable faces of exactly. other colors by doing that. Yeah, no, you know? exactly. You have to get those, type, you have to get people of all different walks of life. I mean, even if we look Walks back to of life, <laughs> is that a mix of white and life? <laughs> <laughs> the water, the water here is really strong. The uh, the no, I was just thinking back to like Star Wars. The yes. only recognizable actor was two is, is Peter Cushing and yep. uh, Alec Guinness. Gonna... <laughs> uh, everybody else, what? Did Gies? you call him Alec Guinness? Because you're really messing up these. No, names I said Guinness. Guinness? It wasn't. It wasn't Guinness. It was Guinness. Is it Guinness? I is never knew. Yeah, that's how I've always heard it pronounced. Are you Gary Sinise's name? No, that's how it's. That's how I've always heard it pronounced. Really? See, I, I've, I've never. never heard I've actually never now? heard anyone yeah. pronounce now it feel, but me. Now I feel like I'm getting gaslit. <laughs> no, but here's the thing: is I'm willing to bet out of all. You're yeah. probably that right. That sounds more I right feel like now. that's how I've always I've heard it in like documentaries and stuff like that. So I'll believe it. But, I'm yeah. good. but my point being is you look at a guy <laughs> you like mean Harrison Ford. McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> if you look at like a guy like Harrison Ford, who before that, yeah. that made him a star. Yes. You know, Carrie yes. Fisher, uh, uh, Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill. Yep. you know, people like that. Like they they became stars out of that and they were unknowns being yes. handed a movie that could turn in a blockbuster. Yes. Now the problem is 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 that we have now is that you don't have as many actors. Who they would willingly hand a thing, and they want to make everything have built-in sequels anyway. Exactly. Um, so that's like just that little bit of different thing. It is the film business, which is ultimately the yeah. problem with trying to uh, create more inclusion. Right exactly. Now, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, let's talk about a very inclusive movie. <laughs> I think to to link up with that is yeah. knowing is one of those movies that. Now, as we know, like the Andy Samberg, Nick Cage character, yes, of just what a oh, that sounds like one of my movies. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a great one when uh when uh Jake Gyllenhaal is promoting Source Code, uh-huh. and he describes that he's going back in time and reliving all, and he's like, that sounds like one of my movies. <laughs> I should have been in that movie. <laughs> but this is a movie that you could have probably put just about any star in there, mm-hmm. but you get your audience by making it a Nick Cage. A Nick Cage movie. I think actually, and then Proyas's <clears throat> strength is by making it an unconventional. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I think for me. I Actually, is like the second you guys told me it was a Nick Cage movie, I was already like, "Oh God!" Like, because oh, yeah. we were talking about it, and and I, the first, my actual first thought was that it was going to be the Left Behind movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That you guys were like, "Fuck this Jew, let's make him watch the Left Behind movie." You know, <laughs> now, a week to, into the Trump to be presidency, fair, we we'll did make him watch Left Behind. Fuck this Jew, let's yeah. get him. Yeah. We did. Yeah, but no, that's what. But I just like going into it like because of and i don't know if he had as many bad movies but i mean he, he had bad movies by 2009 the man but bought a lot of was, castles and couldn't pay for it <laughs> yeah but i don't think he was the meme of bad movies no, not this is white. There, yeah. Yeah. Was, was that was this before wicker man uh, no, this just after, after just yeah. after wicker okay, man, so i believe was 2005 something like, oh yeah you're right actually it? it might have been a few years before this okay because yeah, because like I've never seen Wicker Man. Two thousand six was the two thousand six. Okay, like next is right around the time of this movie. Okay. Um, what else would have come out around this time? Well, uh, you wouldn't know. You were next fifteen. Next was two thousand seven. So this is actually sort of I don't want to say the tail end, but yeah. this was right when we all started to collectively go yeah. Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think and you know maybe it, maybe that actually is what kind of comes through it because you can tell he does do a little better in this one than oh, yeah. I've seen other films. And maybe he was trying to make this his comeback movie. Right. Before like this one was in a huge box office no. success it probably made back the money i, I don't even know if it was reviewed that well actually. yeah All right, so here here's the here's the the uh we'll start at 2005 here's his filmography so the weatherman yeah which was right on the heels of national treasure uh-huh. so lord of war which is pretty good yep. actually which is the I wicker man movie. world trade center uh the ant bully national <laughs> treasure 2 next 
Yeah. Um, Ghost Rider, yeah. Bangkok Dangerous, yeah. Astro Boy, yeah. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, Hell yeah. G Force, Knowing. His next movie after Knowing was Kick Ass. Oh, interesting. So he's still. And then the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, he's yeah. straight up teetering. Like yeah. he's like literally yeah. teetering. Well, he's one of those guys. This. He's like a Ben Stiller where it's like he'll make a bunch of just throwaway stuff, yeah. build up a bunch of money, and then throw just. Some real shit, and then oh, suddenly yeah. you get Tropic Thunder. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He'll be like, okay, I'm gonna make four Zoolanders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, and that's the problem with Nick Cage, though. It's like I have seen great Nick Cage. Oh movies, yeah. And but a lot of the times when you're watching a Nick Cage movie, you have to keep reminding yourself, you're like, I'm not watching Nick Cage. The character's name is John. Right. He is a chaos professor. <laughs> yeah. At M- MIT. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. That's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nick Cage did not. Oh, Nick Cage came up with that. Did he? <laughs> yeah. That was his note. The uh, I I do. So there are things that I love about this movie that yeah. have nothing to do with its quality necessarily, such as Nicolas Cage being a professor. I believe at some point they specify he's like a professor of astrophysics. Yeah, he's supposed to be astrophysics. Uh, but like he's but he's he he's clearly, a chaos theory professor. No, he, clearly, he teaches chaos theory. He, he is clearly supposed to be. Um, what's the word? When a, a colleague yeah. of Jeff Goldblum's character from Jurassic Park. Yes, exactly. Like they're clearly supposed to be colleagues. Like they just both walk around wearing leather jackets. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm super cool. Yeah. All the girls look at me. I'm a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think the to credit Nick Cage's performance though is that there is a lot of expository dialogue in oh, this, yeah. but the yeah. one thing that they don't really ever exposit up front is the fact that he's in mourning. Right. He's in mourning of his wife. Yeah. And we find out later that she died in a freak hotel fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the seed of his obsession with chaos. Yes. Is that he came from, I am a preacher's son. Yeah. He yeah. came from, from a religious family, determinism. Yeah. And then now, and now he's by having this, this, exactly. Well, by yeah. having a background in science that, that goes against, you know, it, it, it's, it leans on I don't know and want to know as opposed to I do know so I don't need to know more. <laughs> yeah. And then, beca- which is a whole... Oh, well, the whole thing I like... But then the, it introduces the chaos thing yeah. is him saying, well, now that a random event caused this yeah. tragedy, my number's up at any time. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of yeah. knowing. Uh, <laughs> you know, t- but yeah, but the that, one thing, that's, but the one thing when you're talking about exposition, that. the one thing you're talking about exposition, is, and there was one thing they don't tell you almost the end of the movie. Yeah, she only died like a year ago. Right, like he's still in the first year of mourning. Like oh, yeah. his friends immediately trying to get him back on the horse. He's yeah, like, with PH double D's. Yeah, PH double D's. Yeah. Oh my god, and, like, what a line. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the him and him and director Credit are just the walking drink, around. The drinking is new. Yeah, the yeah. drink he's yeah. drinking you know? heavily, and his son even says like, "What's wrong?" Yeah, with you? yeah, what's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, they Caleb, could, but they could have been like, uh, you know, it's the one year anniversary, or there's something sure. about it, you know, like it, it, I thought. When I thought that she had been dead for four years, like in my yeah, head, yeah. I made it four years, yeah, because that would have been to me the appropriate amount of time for director Krennic to tell you to sleep with PH double D, yeah. And you're going to work and you're raising your son, like for the yeah. it seems like you're like kind of capably yeah, living I, your life. But I feel like in that time, in that year, like people would have, like you. He would be like, hey, it's cool. Yeah. If you want to take some time, yeah. you have tenure. His sister wouldn't be like coming up to scare surprise him. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? And they'd be like, oh, you haven't talked to dad. It's been yeah. a year. When was the last time you talked to him? Like, oh, you didn't invite her to the funeral? Like, it could have been like stuff yeah. like that could have yeah. come up. Like, there was some exposition in it that made like left weird holes for me on how people reacted to him. But then it does kind of make sense because the way he tells people about what he now knows is very like whole. Oh, I'd say it's explosive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, your kids are really doing well together. My wife's dead. 
<laughs> no, that's the thing. She set him up, and I thought he said my. I thought he was gonna say my wife's dead, but yeah. instead he throws himself full tilt. Your mother could see the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, I believe that your mother was a psychic ghost girl from the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the race good movie? <laughs> but that's that's one of those things too that I wonder if it came after the fact because yeah. as this is a genre mashing movie with like a credit of like four different writers. Yes, you wonder how many pieces, and we see it a lot now. Uh, Jurassic World was a good example of it, where it's like, oh, you built your action sequences and then constructed a movie around uh-huh. it. Yeah, and I, this is certainly not to a fault the way that Jurassic because that movie was just fucking shit. Yeah, but this was. It does feel a little bit more cohesive, but you do feel like a lot of that stuff they developed where it was like, oh, wait, I have an idea. Yeah. How about how about his wife died, you know, only a year ago? Play yeah, that. Yeah. And then Nick Cage is like, I play anything. Just, Here, hold this gun. Run around the forest. It, <laughs> it does. Can I have some more of that booze? You've been blinded yeah. by a mouth light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I know this feeling. It that really does. Incredible. It seriously feels like it was... Like a script that started as a disaster movie, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. like it feels like it was. It a disaster started like 2012. Movie. Yes, it started as the 2012 movie. Yes, and then they were like, "How do we make it different?" When did 2012 come out? I know it wasn't 2012. I think it was in 2012. So did it come out in I, 2012? I think it so. came out in 2009. Oh, really? So same year. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and that's probably the reason why I never gave because halfway through the movie, I remember I returned to you and yeah. I said, "Oh, I remember oh, is this, this trailer. the one where yeah, yeah, yeah." And that was the reason why because I remember this much like Dante's Peak and Volcano. Yeah. They were so close to each other, and they were so easy to compare. Yes, yeah. And so I think knowing 2012 was out, and that was the one that was getting replayed on FX yes, all the time. Yes. This one didn't. It nope. didn't have... It didn't have any kind of impact, really. It didn't have any impact, like yeah. Deep Impact versus <laughs> Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't have that. Yeah. So, like, that's probably why this movie never had the traction. I yeah. think it probably does deserve it. I think more people deserve to see this movie. I think so. I Like, I actually quite like... I mean, it's... It's heavy-handed, uh, which is a typical Proyas oh, problem. Very. Only when it wants to be. Yeah, well, once you know... I, I would say if you're watching it for the first time... As it, I was. It, it won't feel that way, yeah. but once the reveal comes, it will. Yeah. And then seeing it a second time, we're talking about heaven within the first five minutes. Yeah. We're ta- I mean, there's like a lot of stuff that gets dropped on you really early on that is Dad, like very heavy-handed. Dad, do you think we're alone in the universe? Right. Well, the statistics. His example to explain chaos theory versus determinism is literally an explanation of how far the Earth is away from the sun. Yeah, and the and the movie is about the sun like kind of exploding and destroying the Earth. Yeah, like it. <laughs> so, just looking at the production notes on Wikipedia. Yeah, the guy who pitched the story, Ryan Douglas Pearson, is a novelist, and he approached producers uh, Todd Black and Jason Blumenthal. Oh! Who was of the... Uh, yeah, Blumenthal. With his idea, of, and his all it was was a time capsule from the 50s is opened, revealing fulfilling prophecies, the last one which ended with E.E., yeah. everyone else. Producers liked the concept and bought the script. It was set up at Columbia. Both Rod Lurie and Richard Kelly... No way. ...were attached as directors, but I the film eventually went into turnaround. I knew this felt like turnaround. a Richard Kelly movie. So then, Proyas said what attracted him to it was the very different script. So now yeah. we're seeing that the script is developing... He liked the notion of people seeing the future and how it shapes their lives. And then he said he wanted to emulate The Exorcist in melding realism with a fantastical premise. So I think that all but confirms what we're saying, that it was a concept first that just through the wheels of the machine started to become something more and sort of took a life of its own. Yeah, it's kind of an improv movie. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's written the way an improv scene's written. Yeah. You know, shittily. (laughs) Well, I I like the idea that it is... An improv movie would be written uh, not at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, well, ask Mike Birbiglia. Uh, The... no, nobody wants that joke. Well, you okay. know, it's funny. No I, one wants Mike I actually, from Bigley. I really <laughs> wanted to like. 
I know that that movie's probably good. I know, I but know. Just because of like, I'm tired my, of people telling me it's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I'm never gonna see it because I just I, something about it. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. Why that is. It does have that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I uh, saw Sleepwalk with me. I like that. It's very I good. That a lot. Yeah. I really I like that. that. I didn't. They, I think. Well, that was about stand up. Yeah. Yeah, the good comedy. But the no. We're not. Why are we even talking about this? Yeah, I don't wait, even aren't know you an award-winning storyteller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now they don't do that award show anymore. Yeah. I did a I did a storytelling show recently. Yeah. And it was you, actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Did uh, you win an award? No, no, no. I um I won a beer. Oh well, yeah. that's an award. Well, Jenna won the beer, and then I took it from. Her. <laughs> uh, the, so the thing that I think is so interesting about this, as like a weird, you can tell it's like a script that like got churned over a bunch of times, yeah. got written a bunch of times. I think one of the things that where I feel like I can see Proyas' talent is you have this script that is this weird kind of mishmash of like mm-hmm. all of these different ideas and all these different tones and genres and kinds of movies. And rather than attempt to smooth that out in the direction and go like, well, let's make a choice and say that it's this kind of movie. Proyas basically just tries to meet the challenge of, well, if on this page it's a horror movie, then it's a horror movie. Yeah. And then if on this page it's a conspiracy movie, it's a conspiracy movie. Yeah. And on this An page, example it's... of a smart choice with that is that they live in what could be described as your typical haunted house. It almost looks like the Amityville house. It, yeah, it looks like the Amityville house, and it's old and rotten. Why is it old and rotten? Because the wife is dead and yep. doesn't take care of it anymore, presumably. Yep. And he does not have the home Because she died skills. while he was raking leaves. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but, and so that's a good great to know earlier. It's like, <laughs> so now we have smartly taken the need for a horror-looking house yep. to cater to the horror scenes mm-hmm. and, you know, somewhat ham-handedly worked it into the plot. Right, but we've justified it. We've in, just, it justified yeah. it, I think, mm-hmm. is the proper word. Yeah. And that's a smart move so that when it goes into the horror thing it's not jarring where right. you're like that's a tonal jump I, I will say you just go oh that's why the house you know yeah I, yeah I will say I I'm trying to think there isn't a part of the movie that I feel could have easily been cut right mm-hmm. and I feel like he he did do a do good connection what you're saying is like each each section of the movie not that not each scene but like each each chunk of it you could feel like, okay, yeah, we're in this genre for a second. Yeah. But it naturally flows into the next one. Oh, yeah. There wasn't that many times where you're just like blank. You're like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. yeah. Like, so, and and it does. It really does. Like when they're, when the, the subway accident happens. Yeah. It also makes you jump through a bunch of Nick Cage movies, though, at the yes. same exact oh, yeah. time. Because there's like one moment I felt, I felt for a second, like he's losing his mind. Yeah. This is Wicker Man. Yeah. Another one. This is 9-11. Yeah. Like he's surrounded yeah. by firemen. Yeah. They're covered in dust in yeah. the middle of New York. Yeah. Like, it jumps this through. This is leaving Las Vegas. He's <laughs> yeah. getting drunk by himself. Yeah. And yeah. A meltdown. yeah. He's trying to protect his kids. This yeah. is saving Arizona. <laughs> like, it covers all Raising, of Saving Arizona. Raising. Whatever, man. This is mixing sh- Gary Sinise up. Mixing <laughs> Saving Silverman with oh, Raising Oh, you know what? Arizona. I'm going to fucking. All right. No, keep going. Keep talking. <laughs> keep you talking. Actually, I was going to look something up. I was going to look up how to pronounce it. Yeah, I'm going to type in. How is, how <laughs> no, I wanted to look up. There was another Nick Cage movie that. Uh, eh, whatever. Uh, I, well, and I think you're right. It, it really, that is kind of the magic of this movie is the way it's able to move throughout those tones without it actually feeling like it, like it's taking a weird tonal jump. Uh, and it, you know, down to the point where there are some of the most violent sequences I've seen in a movie in this movie. I've seen more graphically violent scenes in a movie before. These are cruel. Yeah. Like, in a way that is... Actually, no, not cruel, dispassionate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it is... Uh, it's so... You know what's interesting is it's like, in the moment, it feels like it's removed from that loss of life because it's it's happening, like, so 
grossly and frankly in front of you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the movie then, you know, has Nick Cage not be an action hero and instead be broken by the things that he has seen, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting recognition of of what happens in those scenes, even though over the course of those scenes, it has a kind of a detachment from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- yeah, the, I mean, the disaster sequences in this are crazy impressive. I, I think. I mean, they have a very digital 2009 look. They, but I mean, they're dated, but yeah. I think as for what they are, they're crafted very well. Yeah, and they're super functional, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they work. Like, uh, that subway sequence is, like, really intense. Yeah. No, Even though was... it's a little silly looking by today's standards. It's by today's standards, but I think that that, like, because when you look at, like, a movie like Earthquake, which yeah. has a very similar subway sequence to it, yep. the, in Earthquake, they choose to have an empty platform. <laughs> like, this is not an empty oh, no. platform. I know. At all. Oh, no. Um, the the loss of life is catastrophic. Oh, there's that great shot where it's from the front of the train. Oh yeah, and you just see people splatting body, body, across. Body, yeah, body, I, I started screaming. It's like when you go into F, uh, first person view on GTA, <laughs> yeah. when you're driving a car, <laughs> and you just see them get sucked under, and it, it's 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 rough. Oh yeah, I think he captures the the weight of it. If yes, if you're gonna throw ten disasters in a movie at us. You're gonna end up getting a 2012 where it just becomes numbing. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. big problem with 2012 is at the end, John Cusack survived. Meanwhile, me and everyone I know, we've been dead. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know, so it's yeah. like, why do why? Where's the why weight? do I care? Yeah. yeah. So here they added weight, but did it without, you know, by, by well, creating they, a cast of yeah. red shirts, you know, with yeah. without well, being well, the last, you know, dispensable. The, the last two tragedies before, um, you know, the big the one ultimate happened, tragedy happened to Nick Cage. Like mm-hmm. the first one, he's there. Yeah. It happens, and actually, I'll say that plane crash. When the plane crashes the first time, that's the first time I've ever seen a plane crash in a movie that actually made me feel the size, weight, yes. and everything of the movie. Because you you actually have, you're looking at Nick Cage, if you, you're picturing him as your size, mm-hmm. and then the way he has it shot, the size of the plane comes through, yes. the noise, the explosion, yes. you can almost feel the heat of it. It fills the entire screen, mm-hmm. and like you were kept yelling, it's one shot, it's one yeah. shot. That sweep to the shot of then the wreckage. Um, you're sitting there watching it and you go, oh shit, like if I was right there, that's how that would feel. With the train, I think they went a different um, direction with it because Nick Cage can't see the train. Yeah, He's in the one that's getting hit, so he's ducked down covering the lady. So we are watching the carnage happen because when he gets out of the train, that's what he sees. He sees the the remnants of the carnage. Right. Mm. So I think it's trying to show us that because if you just look around, there's just a pile of bodies. That isn't the same. Well, he as, like, also how gets we get to he this? gets yeah. closer to the disaster with each one. Yes, yeah, yeah he gets yeah. further incorporated into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He goes from being across the country from the hotel fire to witnessing the plane crash to being in the train yeah. to you know yeah. the but, fucking apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, and and being like front and center for the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I thought it was I thought that was really great. I think that was a really great directorial choice. Yeah, because that was such a difficult like like I said, plane crashes don't. Like we've we've all seen a real one, um, <laughs> yeah. like a really bad one, and and that even when you're watching that, it doesn't feel real. Like it for a second, right? It feels like you're watching a model uh-huh. hit something, uh-huh. and then there's a spark. Yeah. With this, it's like you're sitting looking at. It, I was like, holy shit! It's. And it, well, I think one of the big failures of a lot of like overly CGI stuff is that it's very easy to put the glass up and say, oh, that's not really happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't put my finger on what it is that gives this. It, that eliminates that quality from this because I see it and I go, oh, that is definitely rendered with a computer. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. not real. Yeah. But never for a second. Uh, we were all watching as the train's going. We're all going, oh, oh, and having big yeah. visceral reactions yeah. to it. 
I think it was the I don't amount know of what real actors. Yeah. I think because I think that like when you're watching like in Gods of Egypt, when yeah. you're watching Gods, so much of that is CG. Yeah. So when you have, I would say not so much of that. All of that all is of CG, it, yeah. and so little of it is <laughs> so not. So little, but I'm. I it felt like, and and maybe this is just how good parts of the CG are. The crowd, not the ones being actually sucked underneath the train, mm-hmm. the ones on the edge seem to have real terror in their eyes mm-hmm. and were real people. I think that they I were. I think it's a mix of yeah. practical and, and I blue think screening that, but I done think that, well. And, and with the plane crash, I think they did a good job because the plane crashing is clearly CG and some mm-hmm. of the flames are CG. But like as you're yelling... It's real wreckage. Flaming stuntman. Flaming yeah. stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. There's flames, like four. Yeah. yeah. But but it is real wreckage, and I mean, you know, the piles of wreckage, and he's yep. touching them. Yep. The water's real. Yep. All that stuff's real. So it immediately has a real connection to each other. It grounds it into something. And I think a lot of times with CG movies, they're like, okay, well, the plane crash is CG, and they're like, okay, so then all the rubble's CG, the flames are CG, yeah. uh, the smoke will be CG, yeah. all that stuff. And it, you could tell there's parts of it they are like, make that part real, so that gives the CG more reality yeah. to it. When that- you blend the two, it, it's where you get... That's what Mad Max. We does. talk about this on the show all yeah. the time. Where, yeah. where if you can oh, ground CG as an enhancement and not yes. as the base is the yeah. way to go. Yeah. Like, as Same if thing it's porn. <laughs> yeah, as if it's uh, uh, like makeup or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where you can like enhance something that you've already done physically yeah. with the CGI. The reason I think that shot works so well and how it illustrates that that scale is that it is one shot. Yeah, it's we 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 exit Nick Cage's car with him and mm. we get a few cuts in there or whatever. But eventually we get to. Nick Cage, another man, and a few cars, which we just know the scale of those things. Yeah. We, we have very practical, you know, uh, personal knowledge of, I know how big a human is and how big a car is. I can see how big the human is in relation to the car. And all within that shot, because Nick Cage's head never leaves that frame, I don't think, when we see the plane crash. His head is always in the frame somehow. Yeah. So you I always have the scale of the human. There's a hidden cut. Because we he does leave the frame as we follow the oh yes. we're all gesturing with our yeah. hands as, as it comes as down yeah the, at, but then when it pans back I think in he's that, back in because yeah. it goes from from that's where we enter into like like legitimately handheld camera yes. work and then you know that's where they that's where they hide the cut to put definitely the yeah. in that in that like swoop down with the it's, plane and it's yeah. a clean cut yep. yeah as soon as the explosion goes and we move back but it, during it, it's, that rough it's transition so, it's it's as fast as like one of those vine magician cuts though yeah, where you're yeah. like oh whoa I, well, oh editing yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. It, it really does like it has such a depth to it and i think it really does it's setting that perspective yes and it it put it grounds you to mm-hmm. a degree, and I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of movies could pull that off. No, I well, because I don't think airplane um, versus volcano couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they really had real sharks inside the tornado. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they did. Yeah, it. yeah. but no, it's I, like Terry it's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. But can we talk about um uh, how he knows all this? Just well, like I think that. we should start from the very beginning because one okay. of the best things about this movie. Is how truly bananas the plot is, yes. and how cleanly it sells all of it. Yes, too. you know how cleanly yeah. you really are along for the ride. I, I remember when I first saw it. At the very end of it, I couldn't decide whether it was good or not. Yeah, I knew I was entertained. I knew I was blown away by its blockbuster sensibilities. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. Like when I go to describe the plot to somebody. There's really no way to begin or end without sounding like a raving madman. Oh yeah, I, I mean, it start. We were talking about this. It literally. I mean, it's it's of its era for sure. It starts as like a ring ripoff. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it starts as a creepy little kid that's like scrawling numbers on a page and oh, hearing voices. J horror yeah. influence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and explaining this movie. By the way, to explain this movie turns you into Nick Cage's yes. character yeah, during exactly. the movie. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I've been reading through the Dark Tower, and I'm in the sixth book right now, yeah. and there's. 
there's a part where one of the characters like teleports to New York, uh-huh. and then the book takes an entire aside to another character who was just minding her day. And that person appeared in New York in front of her. Mm-hmm. And the next chapter is all about her descent into madness because she witnessed this thing and no one's going to believe it. Yeah. But she knows for a fact that, that she, she just saw it. Saw it. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's truly like a rock and roll piece of writing from yeah. Stephen King because it's you never think about that. Like, I always laugh. Like, what if those people, those crazy hicks that got abducted by aliens are just right? Yeah. And they yeah. only sound crazy to us because they experienced something that could only be described as crazy. Yeah. But this movie describing the plot puts you there yeah. oh yeah it takes you yeah there. so luckily it's a, luckily though it's a movie yeah so that way you can be like it's a movie yeah and then you go you, you go online discover you can't get it anywhere yeah. <laughs> and no one has heard of it and now you are crazy they're like no i swear it exists they're like yeah, yeah. you're talking about face off like, no 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 yeah. Yeah. nick cage with the psychic numbers he's drunk like, oh what? you mean next <laughs> no no that's where he's a magician <laughs> that that is what he is. Wait, and, uh, isn't that the one where he can jump through the bullet? Like the guy's shooting at him, and he can teleport a few seconds, or he can jump back in time. He can't teleport a few seconds. What next is about is he's a he's a magician that can see all of the like potential choices based out of what like the potential realities that base out of oh, what it's the same movie. And so, well, it's like <laughs> it's he can he can movie. stop and be like, well, if I turn, he, he basically can live sliding doors at any moment. Go, yeah. well, if oh, I go okay. left. This will happen if I go right. This will happen, and then he can make an. He basically decision. has Scarlet Witch's power. Yes, uh. thus he is a you know he's a good magician because he can get yeah. he can see what's what's uh what next. But it's probable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's what it should have been called. Probable, probable, probable. Yeah. Oh, it's so probable that something <laughs> actually practice could happen. <laughs> so this movie starts in 1959. Yep, 50 years before 2009. Yeah, yes. in which an elementary school, uh, a very white elementary school <laughs> class, as part of their final project. Oh, Mickey, we were laughing Mickey at Mickey. Mickey. He just he, he Alex said something about white people real loud. And Mickey was like, "Ha!" Ah! No, no, no. He was walking closer. He was trying to be as quiet as possible, and then his phone rang, and he gripped his pocket, and now he's running upstairs. Well, there you go. It was probable. All I could probable. see was you being like white people, and him being like, "Ha!" Ah! Run! <laughs> Run! Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna start taking things. <laughs> so the white, so white, nineteen fifty-nine. Yeah, uh, they're as part of their. The town right. like, like yeah. town day, cow day. No, it was, it was a dedication of the new school. Okay, dedication of the new school. <laughs> they build a time capsule where all yes. the kids get to draw a picture of the future. A time uh, capsule, a thing that kids have never heard of before. Yes. in oh. I love how they're like, they're like, we're going to do a time capsule, and the kids are just like, teacher, uh-huh. what's a time <laughs> like, what's a time capsule? <laughs> this clink, yeah, yeah. It's a time capsule. Oh, like, it even oh, had a good. music cue. It was like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is a time capsule. It's like I understand fully, yeah. and so they have to draw the future and then one little girl just writes a whole bunch of numbers ton of numbers yep front no one thinks it's weird nope they're just like they well the one teacher does but she goes all right you're done yeah yeah but i love that there was a time limit on this assignment she's like all right time's up finish your drawings pencils down what is this no one got graded on everyone's imagination no one got graded on them also did you notice that um yeah they put it in the time capsule Mm -hmm. and then 50 years later Nick Cage and Nick Cage is there with his son who goes to the school and they take it out. But the one thing I noticed is more black people. Uh, yeah, there was that time around. There's yeah. even black mm-hmm. teachers. Yes, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the future is now. Yep. <laughs> um, but they don't talk about the president. And then they uh, <laughs> even in 2009 because they're like we don't know while they were shooting it. They were probably it was probably still up in the air. <laughs> but the um, I didn't notice that all of the envelopes uh, were open with the exception of... When they were shooting it, they didn't know that we were yeah, going to have an Obama right. Yeah, they were like, they probably <laughs> shooting in October. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was weird that she at the, she ended the page with DJT. 
But the um, <laughs> the, the, the big orange thing. It's not two E's backwards. It's DJT backwards. It's DJT backwards. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but um, it's gonna be tremendous. <laughs> it's good. Uh. Yeah. No, but all the envelopes were open because they're old envelopes and envelopes right. you know, degrade, with the exception of hers. Hers was the only one that was actually fully sealed. Because he gets well, it, like to add validity to she's it. She's got space angel saliva. Yeah, it does. But I mean, but it's also also hers was the only one that wasn't faded. All the other <laughs> yeah, ones yeah. are like yellowed and yeah. gross. And it's like this one is like a pristine uh-huh. white clean envelope with the perfect handwriting. Yeah. On it. Everyone else is smudged in crayon. That's an important movie prop. Well, well yeah. it's it's also it's it's an imp- it's important for the plot so that when people go. Yeah, well, I mean, anyone could have just put it there. He's like, no, the envelope was sealed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got to be able to have that moment. Yeah. But also, like, as he's running around all these different people, um, like when he goes uh, to, I don't want to keep calling him Director Krennic. What's his, what's his uh, name? Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. I like to Mendel- call him Men Mendelsohn. <laughs> yeah. He's like a, uh, like, Burgess Meredith, who yeah. I will always accidentally call Burgess Mer- Meredith. <laughs> but when he goes to these different people and he's telling them about, like, no, it was in the time capsule and that my hand to my son, it was sealed. It's like they, nobody filmed the time capsule being opened. There right. wasn't a reporter there. Right. When they open the time capsule, they don't pull the things out and look at it and then like, okay, now we're gonna, each kid is going to get it assigned. We're going to put it into a board. You think they would they just, just scan handle, them all in, yeah. You know, but they just start tossing these yeah. letters to kids like, this is from 50 years ago. Everybody gets one. <laughs> yeah. They don't have a line There's set no up system? to hand it out. Nah. There's just a mob of kids. Would you refer to they it like the as the oldest chaos? lady in town hand it out? I would say it's chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> it's chaos. <laughs> Pure chaos. In theory. Yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> so, but the the best part about that is too is that when the son takes the letter home and he's like, "Dad, maybe it means something." Yeah. He's like, "You got to take that back. Those are the rules. It belongs to the school." Yeah. It's like that. I don't. No, I don't yeah. What do you mean? I didn't, I didn't pick that yeah. up. Yeah. And also, he's like, "Dad, maybe it means something." And his dad, who works in random numbers, yeah. is like. It's just a bunch of shit. Yeah. Do your homework, Pass the booze. Yeah. But what about the bully kid who looks over his shoulder? He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, we all got pictures of rocket ships. You got numbers, fag." Yeah. <laughs> like, what was also, that? <laughs> also, not one of them. Not, it's 1959. Not one picture of some kid's dad murdering Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> not one. Yeah, but you know, though, I will say that all. All of the kids showed flying saucers showing up, yeah. and ultimately we learn are right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a few rocket ships, but like there's not one like these kids' visions of the future. There's not one like like I I don't know if the Jetsons was out by them, but like they had sci-fi books. Yeah. There's like Buck yeah. Rogers. Yeah. yeah. There's stuff like that. Like not one of them. It's just like oh, fucking rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> like all right, and there's Space a robot ship. with a box body. I yeah. guess. Uh, fucking move on. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they take the he takes the letter. Yep. They great he, if a box he, body robot showed up yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So so Nick Cage comes. He puts, uh, it gets puts, super drunk. Gets super drunk. Goes overfills uh, his bourbon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Overfills the bourbon. Over like brimming with bourbon and pours it on some of his hand. He goes ugh. Shit face decides instead of just sipping off the top a bit. He's like, I need to go get a napkin to wipe my hand off. Yeah. Carries the bourbon with him, even though there's a coffee table in front <laughs> of him. Carries the bourbon with him to go get a paper towel, puts the bourbon down on the random string of numbers, uh-huh. picks the but bourbon back what up. What a great thing to, once again, this is a Band-Aid fixing a logic yep. problem, which is, well, how do we get him to focus on just these one numbers? Well, let's use his his burgeoning alcoholism his, uh, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. a tool. And he puts it down, which creates a bourbon like coffee circle, basically, yep. a nice circle in the middle of the page which circles a specific string of numbers. Now he's drunk. He thinks about what his kid said. Maybe it means something. 
writes the numbers on the whiteboard, yeah. and then realizes the numbers spell out 9-11-2001 and the amount of people that died yeah. in the Twin Towers. Wait, but the way he figures that out is he gets 9-11-01, and then he knows there's more numbers after it, but he doesn't know what they mean. So then he just Googles 9-11 yeah, yeah, yeah. As, if, as if he like doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. And the first thing that comes Actually, up- I believe he yahoos it. Does he, I, he certainly Yahoo doesn't is, Bing is it. We're not there, there yet. Yeah, yeah, Bing wasn't there yet. Because you told <laughs> he asks Jeeves about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Yahoo, though, because their, you, their Yahoo shows up a couple other times, much like Snyder's oh, yes. show yeah. up. But when they blow up New York, there's a giant oh, yeah. Yahoo sign in the middle of New there's York. There's a big Target one, too. Yeah. Yahoo! But the Yahoo one is, like, dead center. Like, yeah. it's like, you are looking at fucking <laughs> Yahoo. So it might have been Yahoo. But it, what I think is funny, too, is that the first thing he does is he's like, 91 slash what... I hate to say it. Ever since September 11th, yeah. 2001, oh. whenever I see the numbers in conjunction of 911, I think 911. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's his second choice. Also, my other thought process, too, is when he first had put 911 up, I was like, emergency. Yeah. Like, that was my first yeah. thought. I was like, emergency. So he, he but yeah, he, so if he, not 911, yeah, 9-1-1. at least call the police. But he thinks, yeah. he thinks 91. Yeah. One. But nobody, and, and then he start, he he puts together, this is a string of tragedies throughout. Well, hold on. We're missing the best part of this, oh, which yeah, is uh, he Googles 9-11, and the first thing that comes yeah, up is, yeah, is a headline that says how many people died, which is the other number that was yeah. written there that he couldn't figure out, and his reaction to that is, oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in that movie. I should yeah. know this. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I love that he has like a weird self-reflective... <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Like, right, I'm in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what? Honestly, though, that was probably the best choice yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. that would have been my exact exactly. reaction. Like, you ever play a video game and you can't get past a sp- certain spot and it's really <laughs> fucking pissing you off and then you do? Yeah. And then you're like, motherfucker, was that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was the right hallway. It was yeah. the one button I didn't press? Yeah. 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 Son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. And like that, that was the realest yes. part. Now, what, what upset me after that is when he then runs and grabs the whiteboard. And just pulls it off his wall. wall. Ripping like this, the stucco, and he wipes all of his son's shit off it yeah. and just starts smashing shit off the tables to clear. And then hand writes the entire thing. I'm well, like, he's, 2009, he's what, like you four have a glasses scanner. of scotch deep at this point. <laughs> well, uh, four, no. four glasses of scotch yeah. deep yeah, at this yeah, point. Four yeah. scotch glasses yeah. of scotch. <laughs> Filled to the point of spilling yeah. deep at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's yeah. drinking at this point. He, I, I think I, if we try to do a tally, I'd think, I think oh. he's, he's had at least... I'm thinking oh, we're, about we're, seven we're act one leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. We're not <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, at yeah, the end yet, but we're there. Yeah. He's working on that Oscar. Yeah, and... um. But so he, he he goes through the numbers and he just starts figuring out, okay, the first part's the date. Yep. The second part, that's how many people are going to die. Yep. Then there's some random numbers. Then there's another one, another one. Yep. He goes through and discovers all these different times of when people, of, of tragedies, major tragedies. Mass that have tragedies. Happened, mass yep. tragedies that have happened. And then um, how many people died. And it's just like a signal from 1959 to two, almost to what today. Yeah. To the moment. Actually, beyond the moment. Beyond the moment. There are three dates that have not happened yet, which yep. is essentially, that is truly the plot of the movie, is that he discovers there are these three dates that and, have not happened yet in the string of numbers. Yep. And he wants to figure them out. Yep. My question for you guys, he brings it to to uh, Men Bendelson, yeah. 
and says, this is what I think's happening. Yes. And he puts up all of the numbers, which is weird that he finally discovered scanning the object <laughs> yeah. as opposed to yeah. write, literally transcribing That's thousands true. of numbers onto it. No, but he it, didn't but scan it. He didn't scan it. Oh, yeah, I guess they no, took no, a picture no, of his he whiteboard. He took a picture of his whiteboard yeah. and then like uploaded it and yeah. then was like, now put it on the screen. Yeah. He could have done it. bring the whiteboard with him. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was afraid of. great if he brought it. Oh, my God. I'm dragging. Dude. He brings a blank whiteboard. He's like, stay with me. We're going to just... <laughs> ben Mendelsohn's like you're losing it, dude. Yeah. yeah. What about my my big titted sister? Yeah. yeah. You want to you want to hit some of it? Yeah. But my question to you is, when he brought that evidence to Men Mendelsohn uh-huh. and said, "This is what I believe is happening. Here's all of that." I think personally, I would have been like, "I bet you're onto something." Yeah. It's like, but the guy's like, nah, "I think it's a coinky dink." No. Well, but, would you, but how would you react? I th- well, I think. I don't know how I would react. I think what the movie does to buy my, uh, like I believe that. Beca- oh, I do believe it. Yeah, because he lost his wife a year ago. I yeah. believe that Ben Mendelsohn would react that way because what he sees is a man that he knows it is like, and he's also a mathematician too. So yeah, he, he understands when patterns emerge that aren't there. Right, yeah. and he but, even and mentions on top a bunch of that, of them. he mentions yeah. a bunch of things like that, and like yes. there's the Bible code where right. you can read into the Bible. Yep. You know, you circled any random string of stuff. Eventually, you're going to get yes. a code. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the one thing I'd say is that character and his reaction is important because he becomes a doubting Thomas character. Yes. Yeah. So that way you can see he's like, I don't, dude, I don't think so. And then quickly within, I guess, the second act, he's yeah. like, you totally know everything. What's up? What's happening next? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so, was the thing. It does give us like one of the, the the important things about the movie is that it takes one more disaster to get someone else on board. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, for the yeah. prediction to come true. But yeah. also, and he does. He even tells because tomorrow, tomorrow, eighty-one people are gonna die. And then it happens. And he's just kind of like, okay, well, yeah. the chill. Yeah. Um. When it when that doesn't happen tomorrow, we can talk about how somebody pranked you. Right. In a right. tube. Underneath the school that was not locked, by the way, it just needed some sticks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Way. That's true. You know, it's a manhole cover. There's <laughs> yeah. a padlock on it. Yeah, the old lady can open it. Like a really that's old true. lady, she just twisted it off, and she's still drinking. <laughs> oh, that was so. F- what a weird inclusion of that character. Yes. That was probably the scene they could have cut. Yeah, that yeah, gone. yeah. That was, Although it was, he had well, the name. Uh, they did do something kind of funny there, where she. She revealed that she was kind of uh, a little senile. Senile, yeah. yeah. And so that it, yeah. it gives him some self doubt. Yes, yeah. exactly. probably the exactly. point of that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think it could have gone. Yes, you're but right. I mean, it was still, could, it was like forty five seconds. Give anyone else a reason to give him that self doubt. Yeah. You know, it doesn't I have think, to be I think, Mendel, I think Ben Mendelsohn could have given him yes. that doubt pretty easy. They could have added a little more into yeah. that. You know what I think? Accomplish the same thing. Should have happened is he. I think a slightly better movie would have had him misinterpret the numbers in some type of way oh, yeah. to miss the disaster yes. and then have a moment of, well, maybe I am crazy. And then right. the plane and then, hits. And then find out about another disaster that, or or a plane hits right. where it's like, now now I know something new. I, I yeah. feel like that's something that, Which is something if that's the actually, original intent of yeah. the movie was that, it could have been in the script. Which is something that's common in apocalyptic prophecies. Yes. You always have those groups. Remember that, what was it? Not 2012, but there was like, 2011. Yeah, just, there's that group. It was like May 12th, 2011. Yes. Oh, well, there's and, that guy who always is like, "Today's the day," and then it doesn't happen. He's like, "Well, I well, meant, I meant." It turns May. out that <laughs> the paper was upside down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It turns like, out I'm a fucking moron. Have you ever heard of the, the Church of the Subgenius? No. No, they're, do they're, I want to? This no, no, is going to ruin my. No, no, weekend. It's, it's the best. Okay. It's a parody. <laughs> it's a parody of religious cults. Oh, okay. And they said the end of the world was going to be like 1968. It was something <laughs> in 1968, yeah. and when it didn't happen in 1968. They said, oh, we read it wrong. The paper was upside down. The world's actually going to end 
in 89, like 91 <laughs> yeah. and, or whatever it was. So yeah. they just flipped it because it's just a parody of all this different stuff. Yeah. But, that's really but, funny. But that's it's that type of thing um, like that they could have added into there. But I don't think it's necessary. I think to get you deep into it, to get you on Nick Cage's side, I think the order and the timing of all kind of works out. It does well. actually. Yeah. It's about a half hour into the movie. That's when the plane hits. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like that gives you a pretty it, good. Yeah. You but he you get and he doesn't get any counseling. There is credence and credibility to what he thinks pretty quickly in the movie for, oh, from from our perspective as an yeah. audience. Yeah. I think he he when it he starts be. to go you know heavily into it we lose him as the audience surrogate yeah. and then I like the term you use the doubting Thomases yes. kind of soothe that where we can sort of be because like when you buy the ticket for knowing you, you go in knowing, knowing that that whatever's happening is happening yeah. yeah like that's that's part of it that's yeah. why we're here but that's like all horror sci-fi movies yeah. like you know it's the same thing like that's you why you can the, yell at the doubting screen. Thomas characters to yeah. do it yeah but that's why you can yell at the screen and shouldn't during if a you're in a public movie. theater yeah <laughs> but that's why when you're watching a horror movie and you're like dude we all know it's a ghost movie why don't you know you're in a ghost movie oh, yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, go yeah. in the room so my one favorite scene from the ghostbusters is when when uh, the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. When Leslie Jones yells, oh, "I'm not going in the room," full of mannequins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "I'm not going in there." And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You you liked that movie, right? I enjoyed I, I enjoyed a ton of that movie. Yeah. You are yeah. correct. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. No, it was yeah. a fun yeah. movie. I just want to make sure. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. It was my wife. And when, loves it, when and you I've went home, paid for it were your DVDs of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two still there? Oh no, they were all gone. They disappeared. Yeah, it's like the only case of that. I mean, I feel like. Now it, Ghostbusters still exists. No, no, even they, with the new one. Not it's in wild. my house. No, they, uh, they, 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 and my penis vanished. Uh, fair <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess one. The president casualty. said he's going to give them back to me. <laughs> oh God! So, oh. Um, no, but the uh, he's going to oh, pardon man. your penis. Going to pardon my penis, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be on the other side of the wall. Ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> no, this is Yo, seriously though. This is this is going to sound so stupid, and this is such a white person problem. Yeah. get your avocados now. <laughs> Seriously, get them now because you the only reason why avocados, the only reason why that we get ripe avocados is because of imports from Mexico. Yeah. They're already expensive. They're already difficult. Yeah, we are about to lose. Like the the avocado trend is about to completely end. Yeah, because of that fucking orange fucking piece of shit. <laughs> oh, dude, Subway's gonna crater. It, it is. Oh, it's gonna be done. They're gonna be like, oh, that sixty percent upcharge is what was paying off all the child molesting bills. <laughs> the the two dollar two dollar guac at Chipotle. Yeah. Wave bye bye. Wave yeah. adios to that. Yeah. Sci- no, Sayonara's Japanese. Yeah. Say wave wave adios because it's about to become five dollars. Nah, it's alright. We'll and then they're gonna tunnel. say, "There's a slight upcharge for the guacamole. Do yeah. you want it?" I'm gonna be like, "No, <laughs> no." Yeah. If only that was on the piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. If only it was guac prices for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that's so. Bernie would have won. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been it. <laughs> like, have you seen? Have you seen Big Guac? <laughs> Here's my favorite thing: is I've actually been thinking about this for a bit. So I'm the, with Hermano. <laughs> <laughs> with all the things they could have put on the paper, and it, it, it dawned on me why it's disasters. Yeah. But there was a bit while I was watching the movie. I'm like. You know, there's a lot of bad shit that happened, like, besides 9-11. And 9-11, well, no, it doesn't make sense, though. 9-11's man-made. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck isn't, like, the Rwandan genocide on there? Right, Well, yep. it, it presumably was. Right, but, uh, we only, yeah, we don't get to see the no, full history what, of dates. What, a hotel fire? He... A hotel fire is That was there. something that bugged me, is because yeah. he was like, it's all these global disasters. I was like, you've showed us local disasters yeah. that yeah. have global coverage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, but, like, a Phoenix hotel fire, like, right. like stuff like Where that. Where, like, like, 40 people died. Yeah. yeah. There's probably two hotel fires happening right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's meth being cooked in hotels across this nation. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but the the, the <laughs> someone I don't just got shot right uh now. Yeah. 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 Now, now maybe the argument could be it's it's ones that would affect him personally, and it which could, is why it could be because of, because of the ending. Yeah. But and I'd like to get them to that point. Yeah. That's true. There's it, so like the, we you, find out at the end that yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of these. Yeah. So, so right, been, yeah. it should be directing people in some way. Yeah. And the only yeah. way you could really do that would be if there was some personal significance to yeah. some of what you and used to direct them. Yeah, and it's almost like it's a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. Like a that, billion percent. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. So, one of the Some things. I would say six billion. Yeah. One of the things <laughs> I like about this movie quite a bit is, uh, uh, you know, the idea that you're trying to explain religions, religion through science and vice versa is mm-hmm. not new to this no. movie at all. Right. No. Uh, it, it does. It's not new to this director. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the way he chooses to. Uh, uh, depict that with imagery, I think, is very interesting. I like the idea of aliens that look like they kind of have wings. And so it explains this whole human history of yeah. describing angels with wings, right? Uh, it's that whole thing. But what I really, really like, actually, is the title, Knowing, right? Because on with one, a one for the eye. Yeah. On one hand, this movie is about how he is given information that allows him to know things that no one else does, right? So he is he now knows things no one else could know. He has this sort of foresight into the future. But and see what's next. Yeah. But that's not what that title is in reference to, I don't think. I think what well, that yeah, title is. It's a double meaning, yeah. Yeah, it's it's knowing what I guess not even knowing, but like trusting what is after this. It's it's well, about, about knowing faith. faith, exactly. Yeah. The whole idea about faith, like the strength of faith is the idea of being able to say I don't need all of the information right. to know. Right. And that's where faith is strong. Well, it's also the big weakness, which is when you run around going, well, I don't need more information because I know. And that's that's where we get into the duality of religion, yes. where it's like, it's been a great thing yep. because it has given you know, the, the human condition hope. It's been a terrible thing because it's given uninformed people power. Yeah. And that's the battle he's fighting. And that's another thing that sort of feels hammered into the script, but yes. is there is that well, his bookended. dad, the preacher that mm-hmm. he doesn't talk to is all about, even when he finds out the apocalypse is happening, he says, well, if it's my time, it's my time. Yeah. No, get in a cave. Yeah. No, it's yeah. my time. It's my get time. Get in the sewer. Yeah. He's get all in the chaos. sewer. Yeah. But I do think it does come to a, a, uh, a pretty purchasable head yes. of where his belief in science and search for facts is, is helped rather than mitigated by faith and vice versa. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a bookend at the beginning of the movie and the end because there's, that's the, how bookends work. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the beginning of the movie, he, he, his son, he and his son talk about the, his, about the mom being dead. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know if there's a heaven. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, but you can believe what you want. Like, it's completely <laughs> fine. What did you say at that point? But you can believe what you want. Yeah, you were like, that's basically him saying, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But basically, yeah, he says it in a really asshole-ish way. Yeah. But then at the end, as he's saying goodbye to his son, he goes, I know we're going to be together yeah. forever. Yeah. I know I'm going to be with yes. your mom. I know, I know, I know. Yes. And that's the knowing. Like, yes. that's a, that other level of it. Yes. And I think that I think that this movie does, it's a really fine line where I, I actually believe that um, a religious person and a non-religious person can watch this movie and both actually get the same message. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and which is an argument I think religious people and non-religious people argue at the same time. Like, I, you know, when you look at, like, the Big Bang Theory uh-huh. and you look at how life came from evolution and you look at the order of the six days of creation, mm-hmm. the order is the same. Mm-hmm. I look at the six days of creation and go, oh, that's a really good story explaining this thing that we... Exactly. Think is the better theory. Well, it's always exactly. the question of first cause. 
Because yeah. it goes like, oh, well, the Big Bang started. Well, what caused the Big Bang? And we can go back and yeah. push that back as far yeah, as we can. Yeah, and then someone else is like, well, the God did it. And I'm like, oh, then well, who created God? And then they're exactly. like, well, that's not, we're not talking about that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Look, exactly. Now we're yeah. here we so are. you're telling me if you went back in time, you wouldn't kill Hitler? <laughs> 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 we have to go back in time right now? <laughs> oh, no. All right. What if that's how we got Trump? Somebody actually succeeded in going back in time and killing Hitler, and uh, we just don't know about it, yeah, and we ended so up in this reality? Just, like, fucked an orange grove, yeah. Yeah. and it just mutated into this god awful well to not go on, to not I go hate, on i hate him to <laughs> not go on too much of a side story yes. about it joe bell who i'm sure is a friend of this show yes, he is. uh did post a very good thing which is he went back in time to kill hitler but instead accidentally killed a bunch of important butterflies <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh, i think that is pretty pertinent yeah, yeah. Uh, but no i think oh that's a great joke i think <laughs> this really i think this movie came out at a time um along like this Donnie Darko was before this yes. uh, by a bunch, but I think this kind of falls around that same subgenre, uh, butterfly effect, yeah. Um, it, it, source code, a few others. Like, it's interesting. We were wrestling with this sort of idea about like what comes next mm. at this point in like kind of throughout the two thousands. Yeah, there was a lot of movies that were kind of about like how much now that we have all of this knowledge and control over our present yeah what does that mean for our future like what mm-hmm. is coming yeah. next and then adam sandler finished it with click <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we were like nope we're done brutal. with this concept we yeah. don't care no nope, we're done yeah i'm That's an angel a brutal, if you've, secret angel the whole time secret angel have you ever seen click no, no I'm never it's not the greatest it. movie but it it's brutal Oh, the really? end of that movie will tear you apart. Isn't it's that, it's really his kid's br- life and everything. He and misses everything, yeah, yeah. and and it becomes a parable of the idea of like we're so obsessed with the what's next. Live in the now. Yeah, you, know, yeah. It, you might end up skipping over something. It's the the famous John Lennon quote. You know, life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Yeah, and it it yeah. captures. It's actually not a bad movie. It's it's not great. It's yeah, you know yeah. it's a happy yeah, yeah. Madison thing. Yeah, but um, I, I think that's something that that we always argue with in terms of faith versus science and we get to a point where we we have decided it's either or right and the real answer is it's probably both yeah um what levels to which each you know because there's always going to be one answer that we can't get that is ends up where where religion and faith comes into it and i think this movie actually weds those two ideas in a way that that shows that there can be a coexistence that doesn't hinder the development of each individually. That's yeah. what I love about the ending of this movie because it's not original to this movie. Like we were saying, yeah. like it's not original to this movie that it's sort of trying to say, like, well, science is just re- explaining the same thing religion is. Yeah. It's, There's you know, a blah, lot blah, of blah. things in this movie that you've seen in other movies, yes. but they put together so in a exactly. really nice way. You mentioned it earlier. I don't. I have not seen it, but from what I understand, I, I hear Battlestar Galactica yeah. does wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No. Battlestar Galactica. If you want to take virtually uh, the same kind of general idea but remove the the remove the number part yeah. and mm. replace that with like really heavy-handed prophecy yeah you're getting very close to the same story yeah mm. and I, in fact like if i if i if someone if i was one of those producers mm-hmm. and i had just finished watching battlestar galactica mm-hmm. and then someone brought me this script and it brought me the idea the way yep. it was generated brought me the idea i'd be like all right, cool. It sounds great. Do it. And then they came back and you brought me the final script. I would have been like, you just wrote fucking Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. Like, two would agree. You just yeah. scribbled out that guy's name and wrote Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. <laughs> fucking this ends with Ronald D. Moore, goddamn it. Yeah. But no, I think, it, and it does. It, it, it can be very heavy hand. I mean, Deep Space Nine did another thing yep. very similar to this using the Prophets. Well, um, a bunch of different stuff. And I, I and I think that's been, but mankind's been wrestling with this idea totally. forever. Totally. Totally. You know, but that's I read that as Mick Foley. Oh, yeah. Has been, has been physically wrestling with this forever. I'm like, what did I miss? I'm not a wrestling guy. 
But that's what I like about the this movie. Is a, yeah. is people and I I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Cactus Jack has yeah. been wrestling oh. with this forever. Wow. Thank you for the clarity. Yeah. All right. I, I think that this ending actually <laughs> paints that picture in a much more palatable, clear way than I've ever seen it painted. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think like what you were saying, Dan, this actually paints that picture of, hey, science might actually be trying to explain the same phenomena that religion is and vice versa yeah. in a way that becomes palatable to both sides of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way that works for I, whichever side of that divide you're on, yeah. I think that this ending likely will work for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and it fits within a lot of different stuff. The ancient aliens theories, yep. a bunch of other different stuff. Oh, yeah, that's the other great thing is like it's this whole, you know, you, it's the tone thing oh, is you it, think you're watching a horror movie. Novelty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think you're watching a horror movie and he's kind of intentionally doing that so that you don't know you're watching a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's There's like ultimately a, a sci fi um... movie with aliens that are coming down on a UFO. Yeah. And so instead, he just plays all of that for horror yeah. so that you are less likely to s- guess that those are a band of angels yeah, yeah. you know yeah and I had the feeling of it like pretty quickly when I first saw yeah. them I didn't want to blurt it out though yeah. because I was like oh because my one fear was I was going to blurt that out I thought out they because- were German club kids <laughs> <laughs> but you know well I, I just kept thinking it was Angel from not Angel uh, Spike from Spike yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like it's fucking Spike dude as soon as you said that I was like <laughs> yeah um, but the uh, uh, the the oh, I just oh, so many good times but I was afraid, like much like when I watched um, The Village the first time. Yeah. Uh, me and my buddy watched it. We were high as hell. About 15 minutes in the movie, my friend and I turned. We locked eyes in the theater, and we were like, uh, the parents are the monsters. And then we watched, <laughs> went back and watched the movie. Five minutes later, we turned, and we said, in unison, and it's modern day. And then we, <laughs> and then we sat there angrily watching <laughs> it play out. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that during this. I like had a feeling, yeah. but because also they weren't, uh, the, the angel angel aliens weren't, <laughs> Constantly, I don't there. think knowing it no. would actually. Ru- <laughs> yeah. I don't think knowing it would actually ruin the movie. Yeah, no. uh, much no, like I don't the think dark, it... the Dark City tweak, where right. it's like the function is, yeah. is so cleanly, well, the machine still works. Well, yeah. What I what I was worried about though is if they weren't actually angel aliens. Oh yes, and it was something like a cult or some right. dumb shit like that. Then I'd be like, well, I just wrote the better movie in my head. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. That's that's common in wrestling fandom for yes. people who love wrestling. Like me, you uh, you start fantasy booking, uh-huh. and you're like, okay, well then this thing will happen, and this thing, and that's gonna lead this that's gonna be the best wrestlemania ever and then before you know it like you're watching the tv two seconds later the opposite of what you want to have happen yeah, happens yeah, and, and now over. you hate everything yeah, for your history. whole house of cards and now you gotta down. pull out your phone and start tweeting about yeah. it but that's, you still watch well that that's that's been the big downfall of westworld oh, yeah and it, which is a show that i very much enjoyed me too but it's one of those where i think the way it was constructed they almost forgot about the fact that we're going to theorize. Right. And so by the second episode, the last episode's reveal was widely known, widely yeah. accepted, and just like basically proven. Yeah. And the show was was clever enough and dense enough that it still maintained a fair... I wasn't completely moved by it, but a fair level of entertainment. Yet, yeah. But you wonder if without having fantasized that ending... I, I was hoping they were going to undercut that entirely, and I was yeah. dead wrong. Me too. And... Well, you know, but, but, and you know what? You now know, that you're saying that, that, now you're saying that the only—that's the reason why Game of Thrones has do, done so well because we have a backbone to walk on. Yeah. For the beginning part, and now that we're past the books, you can go—you—you you, you can go freewheeling and and start, oh, yeah. you know, guessing shit everywhere. But you had those first five books. Oh yeah. They're like the strength, it has to stay around the core. Yeah. And because it has a spine to actually walk around with then it doesn't collapse under its own weight mm-hmm. of fan theories. And now, and I, I've read all the books. Yeah. The show has always been better, 100% better. Yeah. 
But now that we're past, because you don't books, have to read like a queer. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're past the books, though, there's points where it's like I'm actually enjoying the show on its own merits as opposed to yeah. seeing how they fulfill what I know. Yeah, and it is infinitely better. And there's less child rape. Yeah, yeah, and there's a hundred percent more pregnant. Uh, stomach stabbings which yeah. is good yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a character in Game of Thrones where in the books they just wrote her off they're like and she walked off and that was it but yep. HBO was like no 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 we're HBO let's stab yeah. her in her pregnant womb to yeah. death God. Yeah. Ten, ten times yeah because in the books they were like well you know, he'll, she'll just go away and have a kid I don't think she was even pregnant in the books in the she? books she what, what happened in the books was they, they didn't know if she was pregnant yeah. so they just locked her in the tower to make sure that she wasn't that if she had a baby, they would kill the the potential next king, yeah, and then kill her, and if not, she could just live out her days hmm. in, in, the in shame. Yeah. But HBO was like, no, you see, Nas, if we can't get a dick in here, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> fucking <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually so surprised HBO didn't stab her in the belly and then give her nipple tweaks before like, <laughs> you wanted it. Yeah, but you don't want it. Yeah. But like HBO. Yeah, yeah. But back to one thing we haven't talked about, actually, which I thought was the highlight of the movie, uh? Uh, Rose Byrne. Oh, she is so good in this yeah. movie. And, she's and good in every so movie. Good. She's she is, great she is. And this. I think that she, um, there was a few scenes with Nick Cage where you remember, because when you're watching just Nick Cage for a while, yeah. you forget for a moment that like he's not a great actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you forget, like because you just start you, you just start accepting it. You could put him on a it. stage with props and film it and then cut a movie out of it. Yeah, no. You but could, it, he's, just, he's just on fire. He's Burger uh, King. Yeah. He's Burger King. You can eat it, fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's great. But then out of nowhere, someone's like, oh, hey, I, I cooked this in my backyard on a grill. Um, <laughs> it's and one of I, Dad's famous midnight hot dogs yeah, or whatever yeah, called it. What yeah. was this thing? Yeah. Dad's favorite Sunday it. night hot dog. Yeah, yeah, Sunday night hot dog night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she. there was that scene where, you know, they're, they're talking about um, his wife dying and all that stuff. And there's just so many, like, scenes. And, and she, her reactions to him were so natural and oh, human. She puts yeah. it in a shell that he just exposits in her face. Yeah. And then she just... She yeah. basically is us going. By the time at the end when she's running away screaming, yeah. it makes sense. I oh, was yeah. Like, I would do the same thing if I was near Nick Cage I, for an hour and a half. I also oh, yeah. literally had the reaction of like, oh, this is how women should react to men in movies all the time. This like yeah. never happens, <laughs> yeah. but this is always how men are treating women, and yeah. women should oh, yeah. always just be getting up and running away I'm screaming. I'm going to at you, and yeah. then they're like, well, maybe yeah. we should go to dinner. You know what? I feel unsafe. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I should happen every time. Yeah. Also, I was I was surprised. The one <laughs> thing I was surprised he, he didn't say. So, so they're having this scene where they're talking about, and and this is just how I don't know if it, it was Nick Cage's choice, the writer's choice, or if the writer was like Nick Cage is doing this when they're talking. When she's like, my husband left me. He was cheating on me. Blah blah blah. She goes, oh, are you separated? And what's going on with you? And he just goes like. Your mother had a gift. She could see yeah. the future. And it's like, he, he you could have just been like, my wife died. Yeah. yeah. She was like, she was like, oh, so you're a single parent? And he was like, listen, I didn't meet you here on accident. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what is this? Because it was a bullshit. He like forced a meet cute yeah. at first, which was like, oh, look at our kids. They're playing. She's like, yeah, yeah my daughter yeah. loves yeah, animals. Yeah, she was being super weird, oh, too. Yeah, blah, and blah, she was blah. like, this is a weird guy talking. Oh, yeah. She's very standoffish. Yep. She sees the she's kids. Obviously she's like, all right, I'll, 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 they like each other. I'll warm up well, a little she's bit. She's recently, not, not widowed, but she's recently become a single parent yep. of some yeah. sort. So, of course, she's going to be wary of any sort of approach from a man. Well, and especially from a museum. From a man who's like so nervous about oh, this yeah. weird ploy yeah. that he's pulling. He's like pulling on his jacket you the whole time he's this. talking to her and his the eyes are darting around. It, but in yeah. that scene, he's literally standing like this to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like, he's leaning, like he's in leaning into her like ready to just 
like ready to jump in front of a bullet in front yeah, of her. It's yeah. the weirdest I, thing. But also, that also, might just be Nick Cage's like yeah. <laughs> setting of just at yeah. any moment, yeah. the spring yeah. that is my my my. Yeah, uh, that was him trying to find the cocaine that was off camera. Yeah. He was just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think what happened in the, the scene where he's like, "Listen, I didn't meet you on. This is on purpose. I yeah. fucking hunted you down. Like, <laughs> yeah. I smelled you out." I, cool. In movies, oftentimes they will bring the writer on set yeah. and just say, "Listen, we're having trouble working this out here, so we're gonna shoot it, and then we want you to kind yeah. of just write Let's something." Let's workshop this. They probably did it, and they were like, "You know what? You can go home." Nick Cage just did it. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just said it, and I think that might be the thing that we needed to do. He's still going. We're still rolling. You can yeah. go home. Yeah. Yeah. Here, have some Snyder's pretzels. They're just throwing them at us. Go, go. Yeah, and Rose Bird. And Rose Bird, to her credit, she reacts. Perfectly. She's oh, just yeah. like, she's sitting there, she's like, oh, well, I'm having a nice conversation. Maybe this guy's never, oh, he's a fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. Like, instantly. And then the way she reacted to him, too, at first, you're like, okay, she thinks he's a psycho. And then you find out, no, her mom told her all this shit. She's been yelling these dates at him, at her, her whole, you know, when she was a kid, all this other stuff. Like, her, her, she knew her mom was psychic. Her daughter's acting weird. She's trying to hide from this. Mm. And this thing is now running into her face. Wearing Nick Cage's face, <laughs> screaming at her because it's face off and he's a time oh, man. <laughs> well, and to her credit, even later when he's like, "We'll get to a cave when the sun explodes" or whatever, the whole thing <laughs> yeah. Is. And then he's like, "No, we have to go to your mother's place. That's where the the numbers are pointing." Yeah. And she's like, "We can't do that." Yeah, you know, I've played along this far. Yeah, we've got to protect the kids. We've <laughs> she gets run over by a truck, but you know, still. Her yeah. her reaction is natural. Yeah. Because even at that point when it's all been but proven to me, I don't have any kids, but I imagine even just my own selfish need to survive would be like, listen, I Yeah. I'm I'm on board, but I'm going to a but cave. But he also yeah. said that because the, that's yeah. what I know. But also he said that the cave was a good idea. And yes. he is a science astrology guy, yeah. Yeah. Astro- oh, yeah. astronomy guy, all this stuff. So and she's but like, she's okay. also not willing to gamble on the chance of yeah. this guy who still could be just fucking yeah, crazy. He's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, we'll just get to the cave. She's like, and that seemed to be the last thing he said before he goes completely bonkers. Breaks into a school with a hammer, steals oh, a that door. Was great. I yeah. mean, like that was the best part too. Steals a door. Yeah, he just right. goes back to the door and then drives back could've, home. And she's like, "We're heading to the cave." And he's like, door. "No, no, 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 we're going back to the cabin." Could've and then he brought stand- the tools to the door. Yeah, yeah. he also, brought one tool to the door. Also, <laughs> nope, brings the door to the tools. tools. Also, <laughs> then is staying there and, and he's like, "The world's gonna blow up any moment." And then holds a heat gun up, which is not quick. No, he holds a heat gun up to get the paint off, and I'm like. What I think ha- chipping that the paint would have worked fine that by had itself. That had to take 20 minutes yeah. to oh, get yeah. that off. And then he looks around and she's not here. Oh, it's blown away. Well, I also love the idea that like the way he figures out he's got to go find that door is his son starts writing numbers down. He starts and scratching then, it in. And yeah. then he starts scratching it in. Well, if that's what made you realize that the story you heard about the other little girl from the 50s scratching into the door, like that's how he realizes, like, oh, she must have scratched something I need to know. The into that number. door. It was the last number. Why don't you just let your kid finish doing what he's doing? Oh, yeah. You got you have the answer right there in front of you. You don't need to go anywhere. Just put yeah. that paper back in front of that kid. Yeah. Just let him finish those numbers. That's a yeah, they great never really had the, They never really <laughs> mentioned the significance of what the numbers the kid was drawing were. Yeah, the new numbers. I oh. think he was just doing the same repeat. Yeah, yeah. I think it was well, probably the same repeat numbers. I think he would have found the same numbers he found on the door. I that, think that's what no, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's just restarting. Oh the yes, sequence. yeah, exactly. It's the same. sequence. I think it's yeah. the same sequence. Yeah. It's just it's you know it's like the Voyager probe when they yeah. send it out there. It yeah. just says the same shit it's on repeat. The only thing they're missing is the coordinates, which essentially are just the coordinates back to that lady's house they've been to yeah. before. But, but that's what they're missing. To your point, I think it would have taken much less time to finish 
writing it than to go steal Jesus. the doors. Yeah. <laughs> like, can, the can I say something that just, just dawned on me? I was yeah. good on the aliens for not only not understanding the Gregorian calendar, but <laughs> longitude and latitude. Oh, yeah. Like, they had to have, like, gotten here Figured out our language, oh, which yeah. they cannot speak because they shoot light out their mouths. <laughs> well, they, they do it mentally. Yeah, mentally. I just think they all had like a computer bank. They were like, hmm, the Earthlings have GP. They figured out Tom Toms. Yeah. <laughs> Let's send them the message. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, it, it, the <laughs> Jesus, this movie is fucking nuts. Hey, well, what, here's, here's, a, here's something we should talk about. Yeah. Uh, Flaming Woods. Oh, dude. Flaming Woods with Flaming oh, that was Moose. Cool. That was that cool. scene that was, was really awesome. Cool. And that's a, that was that was a prediction of the actual end. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that was the one vision we got of and the And that world was a, like up. kind of a direct prophecy that the angels give to his son. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is his really His son who does not tell his dad. No, he does not tell him he saw that. Well, that's yeah. kind of an interesting thing that they do is that the kid isn't mature enough to really be able to apply these things right. that he's found. And Nick Cage isn't. You know, he doesn't have whatever this gift is yes. to be able to receive this information. So it's ultimately their communication that mm -hmm. leads to that success. Uh, it's yeah. 2009. I'm pretty sure the kid would be like, Dad, um, Spike from Buffy was standing in my bedroom. <laughs> he gave me a black rock. Yeah. Uh, the, the woods were on fire <laughs> and a moose screamed out in pain. Yeah. Um, and oh, there he is. Of animals. There he is outside. Why don't you go chase him with a baseball bat while you oh, hit trees? Oh, when he hits the what bed, did he say? He's like, he's like, come back here. You want some of this? And he drops his flashlight, hits the tree, and yeah. then sheepishly picks up his flashlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I uh, I would have I, loved it if he actually kept trying to hold on to the flashlight yeah. and the baseball oh, bat yeah. at the same time. I think he should have hit then the hurt tree, your hand a little. shattered the light, and been like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh! And then the alien would have been like, no worries. <laughs> yeah. And shot his mouth And he like, reacts the same way he does to 9-11 yeah. figures. <laughs> Let's get Neil Diamond to re-record Turn On Your Heart Light, his E.T. Yeah. E yeah. tie-in with Turn On Your Mouth Light. <laughs> and it can be a dual soundtrack song for yeah. Knowing and yeah. uh, The World's End. I think I liked. Um, I think I liked. Remember a lot the robots? Of oh, I thought I thought about that as soon as it happened. I was like, oh, well, now Edgar Wright's got to give Nick Cage some credit. Yep. Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't yeah. think about that. You know, before any of this, this is probably going to sound crazy. I don't know why I'm getting into it. Me and my buddy were getting stoned say it like in the Nick kitchen. Cage. Say it like we're Nick getting stoned in his kitchen, <laughs> and uh, it was me and my buddy Isaac and his roommate Scott. You met Scott. He was on the I show did. before. He like walked by the kitchen just like really angrily because we were being loud and he was trying to sleep. Yeah. And then somehow we started riffing and created this scene in our heads that he would turn towards us and literally just <laughs> light, and, it would, and it would melt us. And that was always a thing. And then when we saw knowing together and that happened. Yeah. Both of us were like, that's the thing! That's the fucking mouth thing! <laughs> and then when we saw World's End, well, we saw World's End together, yeah. that was immediately where Same my thing. head went, yeah. was like, that's the, that's the, that's yeah. the thing! I thought that was. I actually thought the light thing was was one of the cooler things mm -hmm. in the movie. That's because that it really catches, really well done. It really catches you off guard. Yep. It, it blows your senses away. Mm -hmm. um, his character reacts appropriately. Also, Nick Cage. I we, well, they actually thing show say, you Nick Cage's vision yeah. after it happens. Yeah, it gives yeah. him blurry he got flashbanged. It's their escape yeah. route. Yeah, yeah, he got flashbanged. That's all. Yeah, but the same. And Nick Cage reacts appropriately when the UFO shows up. Yes, he does. He just drops to his knees. He goes, <laughs> "Fuck it." Yeah, he's like he's like. I get it. Yeah. Like, oh, so I'm in a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> oh, that's what this all is. Yeah. I wish I had known. Yeah. <laughs> he starts scrawling on a piece of paper. Do they like, ever? They never that? do like, say that. They never it's do the say box that office the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I, I, w yeah, I wish is. he. Uh, man, that is probably the one thing this movie is lacking. If he had looked dead into the camera, yeah, he goes, a he goes knowing. Yeah. <laughs> now we're knowing. <laughs> well, it would be like. It's not like he's making it up. It's like he's 
No way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We even yeah. get it in Face Off. The best yeah, line in exactly. Face Off. I want to take his face off. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Like or the that. best line in Leaving Las Vegas where he's like, you think that I'm going to be leaving Las Vegas, <laughs> but I'm actually just going to stay here and die. <laughs> yeah. Or when he's like, I'm not saving Arizona. I'm raising it. <laughs> <laughs> Redeemed. Redeemed. <laughs> he's back. Uh, I'm not just a regular motorcycle rider. I'm a ghost rider. (laughs) It's like I'm some kind of spirit of vengeance. (laughs) Shut up, sorcerer's apprentice, because that's what you are. Uh, This has been a real fun honeymoon in Vegas. (laughs) Everyone keeps leaving me behind on these planes. (laughs) I'm a vampire. Vampire's Kiss. That's the movie. I'm a vampire. Did you watch that movie? It's great. That's a good movie. That's a good treat. You guys got final thoughts on knowing? You want to wrap this this knowing conversation up? I would say that my perspective on this has actually changed drastically and has improved due to age. I saw this. I love If that. we do the math, I was 24 when I saw it. Uh-huh. And we saw it right at the heart of wondering what a Nick Cage movie <laughs> is. And I saw it with the mentality of, I'm going to see this movie to laugh at it. Which yeah. is, as you understand, any of our listeners know, that is something that I've been raging against since we started <laughs> the show, is the idea of seeing a movie to hate it. Yeah. And I went in to do that, was very entertained by it, was oh, ultimately yeah. very surprised by it, but still came out of it going, that was stupid. Yeah. And now with all of that behind me, all of that baggage behind me, going into it with a more mature version of the same mentality, yeah. not only did it deliver on the front of watching a Goofy Nick Cage movie, yep. but it ended up resonating with me on both an emotional level and a filmmaking craft level yeah. that I've been able to appreciate now, which makes me say to anyone who who is listening to this that it's totally worth revisiting. I think so. You can watch it, you know, with an empty mind. You can watch it with a full mind. Yeah. But it, it's very entertaining. It fills its time. That's kind of what I think Proyas is like. That's where he excels to me. Like, that is still where this movie held up for me. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in theaters. Same. I've been defending it for a decade, having not seen it since then. Uh, and I think that's where he, like... It's only been eight years. It's not a full <laughs> decade. Yeah, I'm right? rounding up. Uh, I feel like these last two weeks have been... Yeah, four yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a fucking decade in itself. Uh, it, that's where he excels to me, though, is in, like, he makes these movies that, if I want to, I could turn them on on a Sunday afternoon and drink a six-pack while I watch them, totally disengage, and just have, like, a great, wild, weird ride. Or I could, like, totally engage with it and really have something to talk about and think about afterwards, even in the case of Gods of Egypt, where it might be the dumbest thing he's made in his entire career. I still think there's things in Gods of Egypt that are interesting and worth investigating and talking about. Mm-hmm. He makes movies that kind of function on both levels, depending on how you want to approach the movie. But I think he almost takes movies that could be empty and yeah. just and forces something into it. Yeah. You know, it's just I... He, he's not just happy to phone in a bland Nick Cage thriller. You made the great comparison before. He's not Brett Ratner. Like, he is yeah. not the hired gun. He is, but he actually brings a real artistic sensibility yeah. to what he's the hired he's gun gonna for. He's going to turn in the product, but he's also going to add his own stuff. It'll put in some his way. voice. Will be he's an it. assassin, not a hitman. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Um, my final thoughts. Please. Uh, first thing, if anyone, if any other actor had. Uh, helm this movie besides yeah. Nick Cage, it would have crushed. It would have crushed the box office. Good. Oh no, no. Yeah. I mean, like in the box office, like, yeah, it would have yeah, yeah. been received better. Yeah. Than if any if any other actor had been there besides Nick Cage. That being said, I don't know if any other actor could could carry this movie the way Nick Cage does. That's I'm just... not sure, and I don't know if they change shit to right. make it work for Nick Cage. Right. Right. You know, because sometimes people tweak, and like yeah. we said, it could have been you know on set rewrites and continuity changes, things like that, but. Um, 
a lot of my my you know the issues I have with the movie are very nitpicky. Yes. Um, I think I said earlier, and like, they're worth nitpicking. It's yeah, that kind yeah, of movie. Yeah, like you know, like the 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 the, the Mumbai bombings aren't in there. <laughs> the tsunami isn't in there for the numbers. You know, there isn't like these other major things like. He's like 9-11, yeah. hotel fire, <laughs> a bunch of plane crashes. Yeah. Like that's what he has in his list. But yeah. that all being said, um, the my one biggest gripe with the movie mm-hmm. is it Return of the Kings ends us. It has like four endings. It has four oh, yeah. endings. Yeah. The movie should to me You the, could shave just about every scene just a little bit yeah. in this yeah. and tighten it. But but also at the ending, to me, when I would have ended it. Would have been you see the spaceships take off, you realize there's multiple ones, yeah. The solar flare arcs and hits Earth. Yeah. Like that's where I would have ended it. Yeah. He instead, they instead made the the conscious decision to drive back to Boston, <laughs> show everyone going insane, lighting fires, uh-huh. killing each other uh-huh. in the streets because they need to get the Chevy Avalanche. I like that too, because it almost justifies whatever the this biblical pop yeah. apocalypse is. It's like we're cleaning the house. Yeah, yeah. but 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 like so the, all this shit's happening. Then he gets, you know, has to get back. He had the group hug, family yeah. hug. Then everyone dies. You know, they could have ended it with the group hug. Yeah. And then the, you see the light coming. Yeah. And then it fades to white. Yeah, yeah, like yeah that, right. You know? And the credits come but over instead, white. But yeah. instead, no, they're like, here's the entire world burning up, you know, from this house to everything that was in New York City. Like, yeah. giving you that, that perspective. Then now we're on the alien world yep. that's clear the one from fucking contact. Yep. Like it's clearly that same world where you meet yeah. the dead. So I would have lost that. I actually really like the destruction of the earth. I think the because that of the earth fits good. into that. Puts but a nice once you end destroy the earth, the you have to show disaster Eden. movie thing. Yeah, but yeah. once you destroy earth, you have to show Eden, or else you're ending it on just. The, no, no, because I would have ended it with destruction of the earth, them hugging him, saying, "You know, I know we're gonna see everybody again," yeah. and then you know, cut to that white. Yeah, and then title card knowing. That's what I would end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would have if I if that was going to be the one, I would have been like I, you know, well, you know, said something along those lines, and then maybe show, you know, in the, the kids distance, fucking, you yeah. know, in the dis, yeah, those kids are fucking, but in the <laughs> distance, maybe like when he he saw them leave, like you could see a specific color arc blue yeah. of the UFO. So oh, like yeah, in yeah. the distance, like you can see out the window, like you can see the UFO still. It, you know, that's still the light that's glowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type of thing. Like work that in. It's just like when you see they're on like purple earth. It feels with like the weird hay. Yeah. And there's the tree <laughs> what if of a knowledge. Snake showed up and was like, hey, have this apple. And they're like, not yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, with the rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what was it? The rabbits. Well, well the rabbits know. are the metaphor. Yeah. The rabbits are gonna right. teach the kids how to fuck. Yeah. That well, that's actually now that you're saying that, I almost wonder if that final shot of like the Eden planet was added at some point because i feel like you don't need the imagery of the rabbits in the scene beforehand yeah if we're gonna end up seeing them on eden yeah like seeing them on eden implies everything that the rabbits imply the rabbits imply that we're sending them off planet to another planet to repopulate another world too is that most of the audience would be like well what the fuck was up with the I, well, know, I assume that's why that wonder, ending yeah. is there to be like extremely clear about like, hey, if you didn't understand that we were trying to say that aliens might be angels, and that could have been a reshoot. Aliens might be fucking angels. Yeah, that's they, what you know, this now you're about. saying that could have been a reshoot because like it fades to black right. as the the arcs take off. Yeah, it does fade to black, and then arcs. he wakes. That's it, funny. Yeah, oh, and then he wakes, about that, yeah. yeah, but then he wakes up. You know, he wakes yes, up, and like yeah. the Earth's still there. And yeah. where, there was a moment where I turned to you, I'm like. Did those aliens just steal his kid and lie yeah. to everyone? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did yep. they just convince everyone that we're all going to die yeah. and then not do it because right. they just want to steal a bunch of kids? Right, yeah. Because, like, 
They could just like an steal kids. Movie. Yeah. They could just steal kids. Yeah. That would have been an awesome ending. Yeah. Yeah. But it also would have been cheap. But it yeah. would have yeah. been cool. It would have been cool. It would have been fitting in the, well, probably the, the more mid 2000s things where all of our horror movies end on a down note. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Super it, like. Anyone want to take a guess as to the Rotten Tomatoes score? Oh, I didn't look it up. I bet it's bad. Uh, 40%. Uh, I'm thinking more like 18. It is a 34%. Mm. Now. Pretty close. Pretty the close. budget of the movie was yeah. fifty million dollars. Anyone want to take a guess as to the box office? Did it even make twenty five? I'm gonna go. Let's say thirty five. One hundred eighty seven point nine million. This movie really? was huge. Box office success. This movie was wow. huge. Yep. Whoa. Wow. Oh wow, that's crazy. Domestic. What was domestic? It? Domestic. Oh, this is just—it's just Wikipedia's oh, box just Wikipedia. office. Wikipedia. Right. Like as far because like my memory. Because is... I don't remember. I didn't remember it until halfway through the movie. And those <laughs> yeah. are the numbers on July twenty six, two thousand nine. So yeah. presumably some okay. home video bump and stuff like well, that. Well, like but... I, I just like uh, I don't know. I. Well, you know what? Fuck me. Yeah, my, honestly, I, fuck me because I was sitting there thinking because Nick Cage's name was on this, yeah. it did worse. Yeah, it probably did better because his name it probably was. Did. this is this is why Nick Cage movies became a thing is because for a while they were the thing to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Adam Sandler movies. Like yes. they know when you put on an Adam Sandler movie, you can go ahead and expect you know you know fifty million dollars. Well, it return, used to be a mark of and quality, then a plus. Yep. and then it became it was never then, really a mark of quality. It was a mark <laughs> of a specific audience. It, well, exactly, but for that specific audience, they yeah. said, "Oh, but I was a member of that specific audience." Mm-hmm. Now, when I see that Adam Sandler's in a movie, I don't go see it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's the opposite, and so I think there's there's. You know, luckily I exist in in a middle ground where a Nick Cage movie means both to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I'm at a piece with both where you know, we figured oh, out what it means. That's but... actually why he's become one of my favorite actors because oh, every yeah. time I see a trailer, I'm like, well, which Nick Cage is it going to be? Oh, is yeah, it going to be great or is it going to be, be terrible? Could he be America's no. Rucker Hauer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he might. Well, be. the thing is about Nick Cage, and we said this when we did Wicker Man. Yeah. is that no matter what he's doing, no matter what the quality of the movie, you can never ever accuse him of giving anything less than 100%. Yeah, that's He's true. always giving his best. That dude's committed yeah. like crazy. The dumbest shit he does, he does bring his all. You'll never see a, him phone it in. I think yeah. it's unfortunate that he never got to play um, Superman. I agree, yeah. actually. Like, for that that whole Superman lives and all that stuff. Because yeah. like, that's his passion. It could have been... His it, son's name is Cal- Kal-El. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it could have been a flaming pile of dog shit. Oh, but yeah. like, I've, Superhero I truly... movies would look a lot different. If you ever watched that documentary, oh, yeah. Yeah, The Death yeah, of yeah, Superman yeah. Lives... The one thing that I took from that is like we look back at it and go, "Oh, Nick Cage is silly as Superman." At that time, that wouldn't have been the case. It probably would have been good, and the way superhero uh, movies Nick Cage look now Con would Air. be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick Cage of Con- to me when I think of Nick Why Cage, you just put down I think buddy. of like I immediately think of the two movies, which is Con Air and Face Off, because those were two action movies. I remember renting from Blockbuster to watch at sleepovers. Yeah. yeah. And like we would rent oh, they're they would, the best. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like those, like that time, it was like that. And it was like Die Hard 3. Yeah. Um, there's like a few around that time, yep. like 95 to 98, mm-hmm. where it was like they put out a movie. There would be like one scene that was almost risque, but not enough to make your parents nervous. <laughs> and then it'd be just a lot of fucking violence. Yep. And it was good. And they, you know, he would put out pretty decent films. We were actually talking about, uh, at, at my work, we were talking about how, like, the power trio of, like, that action movie uh, was Face Off, The Rock, and we were trying to think of another one. And Broken Arrow is what we ultimately oh. settled upon. But we were trying to think, like, what are... Like, Con Air, to me, is, like, a lesser version of those. I love Con Air. Yeah. yeah. Wrong, but it's it's definitely... It, it's like the B version of that, if that makes any Dave sense. Dave Chappelle yeah. was a note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a and literal it's, note. It's a weird movie. It has it has Leanne Rimes on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just a weird, strange movie. Yeah. But we were trying to think, like, what are the movies of that? 
And so I'd say Batman Forever. Okay, I, you know what? I think that's that's absolutely because it arguable. makes no sense. But what are, like what are the movies of that golden era of '90s action? So like The Rock, yeah. Face Off, yeah. Broken Arrow. Um, I mean, uh, Air Force Air. One came to mind for Air some Force reason. One is absolutely, yeah, one yeah. Of yeah. absolutely, yeah. Because Air Force One does a thing, I, but I think Nick Cage is like, he's like the one person with a foot still in that world. Yeah. So we yeah. can always like, even in his worst movies, it dips into that. And yeah. I think yeah. I value that. Yeah. Air I Force agree. One was a good movie though because it bridged the smart action like yeah. Hunt for Red October. Yes. It, it's like it's that's the halfway point between Air Force One, <laughs> Con Air, and Hunt for Red October. Yes. Yeah. And then you throw Harrison Ford in a Harrison Ford action movie. Oh, they the legitimized part, like, a B plot. Yeah, 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 it did. It was yeah. a total. Get story. off my plane! <laughs> as Gary Oldman screaming as, you know, oh, in yeah. the doorway as the plane crashes. Do you remember the the surprise bad guy? No. no. Remember the surprise bad guy, William H Macy, the head oh. of security, is just like oh, blacker, right. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The scene in that movie where he's where Gary Oldman's going to execute the lady yeah. over the loudspeaker oh, yeah. if the president doesn't out himself, and he's just got to wait and and. Listen to her die. That fucked me up so hard <laughs> as a kid. Wait, you said it was Face Off. What was the other one? Face Off, The Rock, Broken Arrow, no. Con Air, um, Independence Day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Independence, Independence Day. For Day. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. The, because that's the beginning of uh, what's his name? Big uh, Big Blow. Roland Emmerich. Yeah. No, no, no. The Big Blow. No, I was saying Michael Bay movies. That's also oh, like, has Michael this Bay. Michael Bay like yeah. that style, just big explosions, yep. Yep. stuff along that line. Yeah. So. I think to to cap knowing knowing definitely has its foot in that world, mm-hmm. and it definitely can be one of those movies that we define as a Nick Cage movie. But the value comes from the fact that it does just tweak it. Yeah, yeah. it tweaks it to go Twilight Zoney. It tweaks it to go. It's it's honestly like they it's took, every genre. Yeah, it's it every, is. It, they took like a next style movie, and then they took like a for you know the forgotten. Yeah. Which are like two just like half baked, high concept, good ideas, or like, or like, uh, actually, the Adjustment Bureau is actually a really good movie, yeah, but like two half baked, yeah. good ideas and mash them up to a mostly successful mishmash product. That's what I think. It's it's like a weird, it's almost like a mashup movie, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of works. It's like it's not, no, co- I think it does work, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say kind of, yeah, you, and yeah. I think I would recommend this to people who I, I. I know would uh-huh. like this movie. Yeah, exactly. This isn't a movie I would recommend to everyone. No, definitely not. There's definitely I, there's definitely people who would watch this movie and be bored, just bored, shitless, yep, mm-hmm. and would only want to see the action scenes. And yep. honestly, if you're one of those type of people, just go on YouTube and watch those yeah, scenes because they're oh, yeah. totally watch, worth watch it. Those, yeah. those disaster scenes are great. They're really, really. In fact, I'm gonna great. go find them on YouTube, post them on Reddit I, tonight, and just be like. Hey, have you guys ever seen this scene from this Nick Cage movie? You should. And just do that and just, you know, Dude, get him an extra 20 million. Post that subway scene. That'll Yeah, that's what I mean, the subway that'll scene. That'll crush on Reddit. Yeah. yeah. That uh that... crushed harder harder than Jared with a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just I love this movie. I don't know. It really held up for me seeing it again. I'm down How did gl- you feel about I'm about, glad you had me watch it. Yeah, Men Benson referring to his sister's tits as ph double d's that was my favorite was part his of the sister-in-law movie. sister-in-law still yeah, creepy yeah. still creepy but they even they actually even deal with that he, he the cage goes dude that's fucking weird he's like yeah. what it's a scientific fact <laughs> yeah. yeah and i was like you know what you're the right bag of shit he yeah, tell yeah. Her. and he wasn't like they could have played that where he'd been like so you fucking any of your students oh, yeah. Yeah. like they totally could have had him be that guy yeah. he was really just trying to bro out yeah, yeah he was yeah. just yeah. like dude yeah. come on yeah come on we get it your wife died in a hotel fire yeah he was trying to help his friend. Here's yeah. a fun thing. I tried to look up Donnie Darko on IMDb. Yeah. And by the time I typed Donnie, Donnie Darko is now the second in the autocomplete. And Donnie Yen has taken oh, has yes. taken the king spot of the, uh, yeah. of the search. And I think that's a good thing. I that's got it. That, uh, well, they're making this. a Donnie Darko too. Mm, they I made it. They already did. Did they? Yep. It's called S. Darko. It's S. about Darko. his sister. It's about the sister. It's going to be terrible. Yep. 
I was I was about to say Donnie Yen is definitely on the top of that list because of his recent starring turn in Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Oh my god, he's so good in that movie. It's so good, dude. You shake I, your head, dude. I hate dude, how much you guys they love Vin Diesel jets, movies. Have dude, you ever seen a Bollywood action movie? I've seen clips. They did that, but with Vin Diesel in an American mm-hmm. budget. It's okay. awesome. Have you ever seen someone dirt bike through a like a tube of a wave? I'm ripping good. I'm ripping good. tubes on I'm a dirt good, bike, dude. dude. You want to rip tubes on a dirt bike with Vin? Oh, I'm so tired. Come on. All right, let's do a list quick. All right, so this list was inspired by, by your experience with knowing, which was... Movies that that aren't really well loved that you feel the need to defend that you feel yes, are def- that I think are defensible and so this is I I was trying to specify like this is different from a guilty pleasure this is not a movie that I know is bad and I still enjoy this is a movie that like everybody else tells me is bad but I'm like no I kind of I like I legitimately dig that movie like knowing uh, and so I did uh, I came up with a couple other rules for myself. Uh, I wanted them to be like a, a basically a fifty percent or less on Rotten Tomatoes, so that there was some agreeance that they were a quote unquote bad movie. Uh, and I also wa- I was also very specific to try and pick movies that I do legitimately like and don't like because I think they're like kind of silly and they're you know. Okay. Uh, so those were kind of like my parameters for this list. Uh, do you have any parameters for yours, Dan? Um, well, I made a huge list, and then yeah. I decided, for the most part, that I was just going to leave comic book movies out of it. Yeah. We've talked Man of Steel to yes. death. Yep. We know that yep. I'm a big fan. Yep. Um, you know, like, the argument about Spider-Man 3, but that's a movie that I don't think is great. I just think is not nearly the disaster as that everyone says people, it is. Yeah. You know, um... You're wrong. <laughs> you know, I left, like, like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull out of it, because, yeah. like, that's unneeded. Right. Um, I'd prefer if it wasn't there, but, you know, it's... I think it's actually fine. It's, yeah, you know that kind of thing. Wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, so and that's but see, that's the thing is that's as far as that conversation's ever going to get. Yes. So I decided to do movies that that I think are are actually quite interesting, and I tried to spread them out. I a can't little wait to not know time. any of these movies. Well, I, uh, mine, it's, mine are actually I think you're going to know most. Yeah, okay. mine are mostly uh, pretty good. So uh, I don't know. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll start right here. Uh, mostly because we've actually seen it done twice. But I think there is a lot of distaste hurtled towards Judge Dredd ah. that I think is unneeded. I don't think it is any better or worse than the new one, Dredd. They're just two different takes of the exact same material. Mm-hmm. And if you watch Judge Dredd, it's a solid 90s action flick. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually still need I don't to see have that. any any That's sort just of demolition, man. And, and but that's no, why I mean that's, that was my problem. With that's Judge another Dredd. one from that from that. Oh year, yes. Demolition yeah. Man. No, but but, but Judge Dredd, oh, yeah. Judge Dredd and Demolition Man. If you were to walk into the movie, like if you were, if, you, if it was on TV, right, and you walked into the room, and either of those movies were on, you'd have to wait a good like forty five seconds to almost a full two minutes to re- and you saw Sylvester Stallone. See, I disagree. You'd be like, wait, is this? It's Judge Dredd. I thought it was Demolition Man. It's not Sandra Bullock. It's the other lady. I see what you're saying, but I'm going to disagree with you <laughs> because I recently revisited Judge Dredd, and not only does it have the exact I don't think it's same a bad amount, movie. I just it think has the exact same amount of of the lore of of the what is it 2000 AD Dr- comics that I don't yeah. I don't really know. I read all. But, um, of them, so. Okay, it, it has the exact same amount. Of, it, it fits that world. It fits that tone. The, it's just an entertaining movie, and I still stand by it. Even the Rob Schneider and Rob the Spaghetti Schneider, Robot. Right, that was so stupid. <laughs> Rob Schneider and Sylvester Stallone, by some weird, just confluence of circumstances, are a great comic <laughs> duo. They are very funny together. 
It's a cool movie. You know, uh, can I, I can I offer a rebuttal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a better movie is uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, that's right. fair. That's fair. Uh, my thing with uh, my thing with Judge Dredd though that I that I I said in when I watched it was my review is people go which one do you like better Dredd or Judge Dredd and the Dredd. answer is whichever one's on right now when you ask me that <laughs> yeah. question Dredd. they're both they both scratch the exact same itch for me yeah it's Judge Dredd I will defend it I feel you she uh, makes he makes the boss smoke like time slowing drugs oh yeah and, and then her shoots off. her out a window so she dies slower in her head hell yeah oh it's badass it's, it's awesome. totally awesome, it's awesome. Yeah. all right garrett uh comedic you were saying comedic duos that's where i'm going to start here with this is like sincerely one of my favorite comedies i <laughs> have watched this too many times to even admit that i like it so much i really like night at the roxbury oh i, I love that i movie. have been a huge fan of night at the roxbury uh, that was like second in line after you dropped knowing when we said what movies should we i do? think so because I, I do it i legitimately love this movie i think this movie is so funny it like are you are you grabbing my ass <laughs> to, uh, sir from where i'm standing that is f a physical impossibility right now okay <laughs> i got my eye on you yeah, yeah. I, got my eye on you. <laughs> I know your tricks doing <laughs> yeah. can i tell you why i ended up seeing that movie in theaters please um, so my little my little sister, when she was like nine or ten, went on her first date, and they decided to go see. They were we were told they were going to go see Night of the Roxbury. Uh -huh. So my mom was like, "Look, it's her first date. She's nine. Yeah, I want. I was like thirteen. Yeah, she was like just sit in the back of the theater, yeah. just make sure you know they're kids. Uh, uh. So I was like, okay. So I go. She drops me off like in secret. I wasn't. They weren't supposed to know yeah. I was there. Yeah. So I go into the movie. I sit there. I watch the entire movie. I hated it. Yeah. I had no reason I wanted uh -huh. to watch it. The movie ends. I <laughs> the movie ends i walk out to discover my sister's already in the lobby and i was like yeah mom wanted me to so i watched the whole movie while you guys were in there and she's like no i've been waiting for mom for 20 minutes and what are you talking about you walked out of the movie she was like no we decided not to see it we went and saw a different movie <laughs> so i had to sit through night of the roxbury <laughs> they went and saw like the flintstones yeah. people las yeah. vegas or i think you shit. may have won dude I, it was it was i was uh because I remember I, it was just not a movie I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. What, what if they saw, like, they're like, oh, we saw Apollo 13. You're I was like, like motherfucker. <laughs> I, listen, no, I saw Corky Romano instead. <laughs> I, you know, we live in a world where, like, dumb comedy <laughs> yeah. is definitely a thing that yeah. people really enjoy. I really feel like my personal love of dumb comedy comes from Night at the Roxbury. Can I tell you where mine comes uh, from? Well, but, I have a list number. Oh, uh, dude. I, I just, you, you, you drag me. Go ahead. Uh, I just, my, I think my favorite thing that happens in Night at the Roxbury, everybody knows the Emilio Estevez thing, which is very funny. But my, I think so, my favorite thing in the movie like this, like this is uh <laughs> cop lady that's the sound of an ambulance coming to take me away because the sight of you stopped my heart that is obnoxious that is so, so funny oh uh, yeah that, that, i would love to do that i that's love a that great movie flick. now if, since you're talking about um uh you know bad comedy duo yeah. movies yeah. uh mine uh actually which i movie i've seen i think probably a hundred times now uh, is it yeah. biodome it is biodome <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, see right here. I wow. pulled it up just to double check. Biodome, which I believe might be the feature length film debut of Tenacious D. Uh, oh, I yeah. Read well, about that. Yeah, the um, Biodome, there's something about the movie. I think it was, again, it was one of those blockbuster rentals for like yep. sleepovers at my yep. friend's house. I think we watched it like tons of times. Uh -huh. uh, it was always just ridiculous and dumb. Mm -hmm. 
and we liked it. Son-in-law was my Polly Shore movie. That was yours. That was yours. Yeah. That was also, a uh, yeah. Encino Man and or in the Army now. Yeah. Yeah. I will oh, I liked it in the Army yeah. now. Yeah. I started the fade in the, around the jury duty era. Yeah. <laughs> I will defend basically any Pauly Shore movie that I can that is made during during <laughs> the peak weasel. Yeah. Oh, during yeah. peak weasel. And like it, a goofy movie? Yeah. The leading tower of cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and you know, it's to the point now where honestly, like, if I see like when my wife, if she dressed up like a 90s girl who is clearly the romantic lead of a Pauly Shore oh, movie. Glory Petty, yeah. She's yeah. <laughs> if she does it, they'll be like, dude, she had like short hair. One time she came down, she was wearing a flannel shirt and a jean jacket and like ripped jeans. And I was just like, yo, what's up, girl? You wanna <laughs> hang out with the weasel? She's like, get the fuck away from me. Like, I got cocaine. My mom used to run the comedy store. We's in the ju- I was in a Limp Biscuit video. <laughs> I uh, I was talking about Polly Shore with one of my coworkers, and we were talking about jury duty and how the plot of that is actually a pretty clever plot. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. I don't. Uh, there's a trial, and yep. since he's on the jury, he gets like free room and board throughout the entire right. trial. And he just got an and it's like a cut and dry oh, case. Right. Yeah, and so he's like he's like the uh, the twelve angry men, the one guy right. who doesn't do it, and he's just doing it to to have free, to room, have and the board. free room and board. And lo and behold, cracks open that this is you yeah, know, a yeah. frame job. And That's my, not a my bad one premise. coworker's like, all I can remember from that movie is Polly Shore in drag going, say hi to Judgito. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all it of it. so funny. Dan, what do you got? Give me another one. All right, so my number four was actually a movie that came out last year. It was widely panned, uh-huh. and I ended up being very into it. I think that oh. the dividing line is over who read the book and who didn't. Ah. Um, I did not read the book. It's by Philip Roth that won the Pulitzer Prize, American Pastoral. Oh, yes. Uh, Ewan McGregor's directorial debut. Uh, everybody had an issue with it. Everybody thought it was terrible, and I was like floored by it. <laughs> and I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. I would like to read the book. I will reassess it after reading the yeah. book. But it was just a really good drama. It was very uh, beautiful to look at. I was very much into it. I could see some problems with it, but it, it as a directorial debut, it was strong. It's engaging and dense material that is worth talking about. Yeah. I just wonder if it's more worth talking about in the book. But as someone who doesn't know the book... I was into it. Fair enough. American Pastoral. I, I will defend it. Um, it's one of those where I I put it up there with uh, like American Psycho in terms of American Psycho is a movie that I think you should see the movie long before you ever read mm-hmm. the book. Because if I read the book first and saw American Psycho, which is actually funny how titularly similar it is yeah. to American Pastoral. Uh, an American Pastoral. Oh, that's funny, yeah. Um, Titular. Titular. The if If you... If you read American Psycho and saw that movie, you'd be like, what the fuck was that yeah. shit? But that's a good movie. It's a great That's movie. a legitimately yeah. good movie. And then you read the book and go, oh, what a great, oh, what wow. a great I feel book. I, think, I, I feel wonder if this has a similar thing. Fight yeah. Club is yes. the other prime example. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. 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 I read the book after watching the movie, and I was like, I would not have liked this book. Yeah. Right. If it's I didn't a, have like, a at least much a better movie. Yeah. 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 100%. Yep. Well, let's see. What do I want to do for number two? Uh, I will. Uh, number I'll two ju- already? Uh, four. Was three, the sa- uh, I don't put these in order. Is the three, second three, one? Three is uh, I think I've only done one so far. You've right? only done one. Yeah. You've only, uh, you only did, you just did two. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna do the fountain actually, uh, uh, which I discovered is not a very well liked movie really? as I was researching this today. I like that movie. Fifty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it was very middle of the road when it came out. Uh, but like I was trying to look up like lists of like bad movies or movies everybody hates or whatever. The Fountain was literally like one of the top movies on every single list. Like no one apparently likes this movie, and I was floored by this movie when I saw it. You speak the true true. Uh, <laughs> I well, my big thing with this movie is uh, 
and this might actually play into like why knowing worked as well as it did for me. I was like a crazy religious fanatic when I was a teenager. Uh, so I have like a very weird relationship with the idea of like faith versus basically science and facts and reality and stuff like that. And so I think the fountain kind of like ripped my brain open a little bit uh, as I was sort of coming out on the other side of having been a part of this kind of like almost cult-like religious thing that I was a part of as a teenager. Uh, because The Fountain... Uh, one, I think it's a great science fiction movie. It's amazing you didn't get into improv. Just right. as a transfer <laughs> Just of as that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also uh, is an interesting... I don't know, it's just an interesting dissection of... I don't know, like what... What motivates you in life? You know that whole movie is three stories. I haven't seen it. It's a really uh, it's it's a movie about literally just about like hey love can like uh, uh, cross all bounds or whatever is like okay. the easiest way to explain that movie. That's Aronofsky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it is it sort of tackles that idea in a way where it's like like what are you what is the thing in life that would make you be willing to take that journey? And the answer. What I got out of that movie is the answer is not faith or a, a love of something higher. It, it is a love of something here and now. That's the thing that makes you take the real journey and do the real work mm. is, is something real that's here and tangible now. Uh, which you I think like is like Tree of Life. Oh, I do want to see that. Yeah. I really want to see that. Uh, so anyway, I think The Fountain is like a really amazing, beautiful movie that apparently people just like, I don't know if they just think it's like pretentious bullshit or what. I think what, that's generally the consensus. But, yeah. I thought that was a cool flick. I really like that movie. Uh. It's also got some really amazing just like photography in it. Oh, yeah. And he Hugh Jackman the, crushes it. Hugh Jackman is so good. Rachel Weisz is always good. He did this cool thing. This is just worth noting uh, just about how cool the photography is. He went to some, uh, uh, I think it's like somewhere in the Netherlands or something. It's like a macroscope. It's a it's a very specific tool that's used to blow up like a raindrop to like a million percent oh, yeah, of its yeah. size. And so he so to make the galaxies that you see throughout the movie and that weird little like like bubble thing that he floats in in the future, he literally just dropped a little bit of like oil and one other chemical into a drop of water and then and then put a camera on the other side of the macroscope and just fucking filmed it that's so and then cool. put it in his movie. And that's how Fair you get enough, those weird, like, living, yeah. like, uh, uh, galaxy things. It's like womb-like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really, really cool, interesting stuff. Uh, definitely recommend The Fountain. I'm into it. You guys are about, you guys sitting down for this one? I am currently sitting. Okay. My number three is a little movie called Fifty Shades of Grey. Motherfucker. Yep. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm it's a good say, movie. I, I have not read the book. Yep. I, I went about halfway through the audio book because I was very fascinated with the idea of how one... Uh, adapts what is ostensibly a just an erotic fiction novel yeah. that mainstreamed. Yeah. You know, but it, it's it's one of those movies that kind of fought an uphill battle in terms of the stars kept leaving, directors mm -hmm. kept leaving, it was rewritten this way, that way, and the other thing. But the final product is well made. It has a hell of a performance from um oh fuck now I'm not gonna get her name. Melanie Griffin's daughter. Um that's good enough. No, 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 <laughs> she deserves more. Uh she ran away with her like two scenes in Black Mass. Um, oh, Black Mass. Uh, she was the wife. Yeah, um, what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? I got it, I got it. Dakota Johnson. Yes, yeah. And um, she has a wonderful performance. Um, even that guy, Jamie Dornan, people thought he was like dead in that movie. I thought he was good. You, you liked he him? was in a cool movie this year called um, Imperium. Not Imperium, that was the Dana Radcliffe yeah. one. Uh, he was in a war movie earlier this year. That okay. was pretty good. Yeah. Total hunk, this guy. Just yeah, hunky, yeah. hunky guy. But uh, I maintain that if Fifty Shades of Grey was just in French... People would be losing their minds yeah. over how just awesome it is. 
it's just a cool flick. I can't wait to see the second one. <laughs> really? Be, yeah. And the best part about it was I went. I had to review it, and so I went to the screener. It was the one screener that they told me I was not allowed to bring a plus one. Yeah. And when I got there, moms, as far yeah. as the eye could see, moms all dressed up, wearing their heels on their night out away from dad, <laughs> just, just wine drunk, just a bag of wine drunk. Yeah. They are all just like... It's our night out. Let's do the things. Party Fifty Shades. We all read the book and got all wet and all you know, just all that shit. Yeah. And leaving that theater, everyone was just kind of like, yeah. And I was just like, what a movie! <laughs> like all the moms were just kind of like, well, it was okay. And I left like, that's fucking filmmaking. So well, know. yeah. Again, I think that's one of those like, if you love the book, you're never gonna like the movie yeah. to the same degree. Um, you know, another one's like Outbreak, that movie Outbreak. Like, I remember I actually read that book before I saw the movie, and I was like super psyched. Yeah, yeah. To go like I was like in sixth grade. Yeah. Pumped to watch a Dustin Hoffman <laughs> yeah. movie. That's a cool movie. Yeah, it is a cool movie. But you good know, on Cuba. Yeah, but Cuba. the uh, yeah I. That I mean, sneeze if, the if you like that, Fifty Shades of Grey, I mean that's fine. I won't judge you. <laughs> I, and that's the thing is, it's one of those where I'm I gonna get, tell everyone. I I told everyone. I I published an article about how yeah. good it was. I'm gonna make sure. Yeah. It's cool. And you know what? In a world where we Dan are Scully, still lover of Fifty Shades of Grey, the fact that we're still prudish about even the most vanilla sex, that we mainstreamed a movie that is somewhat about BDSM is probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know? I, well hmm. I, yeah. Well, no, mine is more because it's it's based off of Twilight. It was started as a oh, Twilight yeah. fan fiction. Yes. And it's clearly written front and it's like not actual bdsm well, right it's completely that's wrong. what i was gonna say yeah. like that's like what it's pushing is not correct in any sort of way and i don't mean like but BDSM, i think that's I mean, a rather like, black and white way of looking at something that oh wow that is great yeah uh, no, no, but I mean, from like, what i understand there's a million different ways to define what there is, is BDSM. there is there is know? but there's a few ways in that one that it's clearly abuse have you seen it I have not. Then but it's I've probably read, I've read enough excerpts from the book side of things and like how that's being, you know, how that was read. And I did watch um was it the Screen Junkies? Uh-huh. They had the guy watch the movie with his mom. Oh, <laughs> and uh, it's like it's it's not very long, it's like ten minutes. Uh, they blur out a lot of stuff like happening on the screen, and it's just their reactions of just watching this forty year old dude and his elderly mother watch sex scenes together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like... My only counter to that is, because I don't know the world of BDSM, Yeah, and, you know, everybody's going to interpret it differently as to what is appropriate and what is not. The fact of the matter is, whatever is inappropriate about it, it fucking sold. And it fucking yeah. sold to a world that that thought it was fucking hot. Yeah. It was the same. I, I can't comment was, on that either way. But it's the same world that was into the that, Atkins diet. Though. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, well, like they, exactly. they, they get into something for a weekend, and then they're kind of you got to take it with the with Home that. Home Depot's ran of out of rope when that book. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Off. of course. <laughs> but the, not even the right the, rope. The point yeah. being is that we are now having a conversation about because you're making me. Well, no, but you're forcing me to. And this conversation comes Banana from the existence of this movie. I'm saying my safe word. Oh, is that your? Yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Well. Then I'll just say this to the audience: is that whatever you feel about the, the uh, whatever you feel about the the, the, the you're on my show, uh, whatever you feel about consent, you're in consent with me. to that motherfucker. <laughs> whatever you feel about the the politics of what's going on in there, the fact that we are still stuffy about just like you know dirty dirty titties, you know, like we're still yeah. stuffy about that. The fact that this movie can even start a conversation about all of that is probably a good thing. I would agree with that. You're gonna this. This next entry on my list is going to blow both your dicks off because you might not have even heard of this movie. 
Uh, I watched this on Netflix a while ago, and I fucking really loved it and looked it up today, and no one likes this movie. Uh, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night. I never saw that. I heard it was great. Oh, I actually Brandon read, Ralph. I read the comics. So yeah. That was uh, uninteresting enough for me to not want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Brandon Ralph. He's, I do, too. He's so good, and, and I watched he just it, hasn't been loved. I watched it on a lark, and I really enjoyed it. He was the guy who played Superman in Superman yeah. Returns, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. It's the same movie I'm thinking. Yeah. He's, he just has a great sense of humor, and the, the movie is essentially like a film noir set in like a John Constantine world where yeah. there's just like yeah. zombies. It's, it's and based off of actually a Spanish Italian, um, Italian yeah, Italian comic, which I, I bought when the movie came out yeah. and I bought like a big compendium yeah. of it. I was reading it. It kind of reminded me a lot of like, you ever, you ever watched Lupin the Third? No, but I know what you yeah, I know like what you're anime, referring to. Yeah. Yeah. It had just that kind of feel to it. Um, So I didn't ever get around to watching it. But the one thing I'll say about Brandon Ruth is he's been in a bunch of uh, stuff like uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. He's on Legends of Tomorrow now, stuff. yeah. And Scott he, Pilgrim. He's one of the he, yeah. players, yeah. the Tom James. He is he's great in that. He, you can tell, he is so happy to play the Adam. Yep. He is so happy to play a superhero and not have the pressure of Superman. Of Superman. Because yeah. he, was he was the a first good Superman. He was. Yeah. I thought he did great. He's really good. And it, the thing that sucked is they were like, no, we can't CG Christopher Reeves yet. Yeah. So, and only he could be Superman. So you're going to bite this bullet until the next guy can do it. Yeah. He and did he a did good, a great he job. He did a good job of yeah. playing that same Superman. Oh, yeah. 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 I thought Which so. I'm not defending think, Superman Returns, though. And that was the, it's a fine movie. And it is what it is. It, I, it's totally he fought steep. a continent. It's, it's its biggest problem is that is it he fought a continent. It, no, is that it hindered itself by making it a direct tie to a pre-existing yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, I would and agree he with fought that. a continent. Yeah. And also, James Marston is the ultimate cuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's just <laughs> in every James movie. Is every movie that behind. dude. Oh, you and he never watch... does anything wrong. He's such oh, <laughs> he is such an okay guy. James you should Marston watch does a movie not called to be The D Train. You should it's watch not, oh, really not the best movie. But in the D train, James Marsden like just he runs circles around that whole movie. Yeah. It's he literally fucks Jack Black in that movie. It's <laughs> amazing. I have to see this it's, because I really want to see it. My yeah. wife made me watch The Notebook, and I lost my mind because that is a terrible movie oh. for terrible people. You want to talk about a movie that has like almost a salty levels of just terrible dating and and sex advice? It's The Notebook. Yeah. yeah. The dude climbed a Ferris wheel while she was on a date and held his breath until she agreed to go on a date. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, how romantic. No, that's fucking psychotic. There's a yeah. moment, there's a moment in that movie what drives me fucking crazy is um, the, the, the main actress's mom drives her to a gravel pit, right? A lot of people forget about this scene. Drives her to a gravel pit and she points, there's like this big burly dude who's like in charge of the guys who shovel the gravel. Yeah. And she's like, you see that man over there? And she's wearing her white gloves. And they're in a convertible. And they're yeah. not like more than 50 yards away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like, you see him? I was in love with him. But I knew I had to marry your father. I love your father. I love that man. But look at him. He's shoveling gravel. Is this what you want to be? <laughs> and it's like, he can see you. Like, yeah, at one point, yeah, yeah. like he's a distance. He's like, should I wait? He's got and he's a like, job yeah. that's been yeah. good to him for decades, yeah. Yeah, apparently. He can, yeah, he's in shape. He's like, yeah. you fuck, you've been fucking a lawyer. Yeah. don't like yeah. and then also the point of the notebook that guy probably comes home and is happy yeah also <laughs> the entire point of the notebook is and when you realize is the entire point of the movie is Ryan Gosling's character goes to a nursing home where he speaks to his dementia riddled Alzheimer's wife and he reads her the story of how he stole her from James Marston <laughs> and conquered James Marston when their kids show up, he's like, "Just pretend you're not her. You're yeah. not her kids." And then they they like die together by chance because of their you? heart. Yeah. No, she didn't know who the fuck he is. My grandma had Alzheimer's. I would pretend to be my dad sometimes. <laughs> I looked like whatever. Him. Yeah, whatever. It just whatever. made her calm. It yeah. calmed her down. But instead, he would be like, "I'm gonna read you this story to you remember our love." No, you just like reminding everyone that you're yeah. better than James <laughs> Marston. 
Constantly. You're what a was the fucking line in, um, dick. In Autopsy of Jane Doe, when the kid was like, oh, I'm taking this girl out on a date to a movie. He's like, oh, I went to a movie. It was the last movie I went to. Uh, guy reads a book to his wife. She has Alzheimer's. They die. He's like, <laughs> oh, the notebook. He's like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the, that yeah, the thing that annoys me though is everyone glosses over all these parts of it, and they're like, "Oh, well, guys like the notebook because there's a war. There's war scenes." I'm like, "No, yeah. no, that's the very. There's like a small. Fuck you. <laughs> there's one. Uh, I'll say there's two good things about the notebook. One, it is well directed in a technical sense, and two, if you're if you're like 17 and you're like, want to come over and watch a movie? Yeah. That's a good one for that. Got Goo Goo Gosling in it. It's got Goo Goo Gosling, baby. Yeah. It's a Dylan Dog, huh? Yeah, Dylan Dog. I liked it. I don't know. I, I'd I, rather watch I've Drive with a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> I, uh, just the I, elevator nothing, scene. Nothing gets those loins going like just getting the elevator like stomping someone to death in the elevator bottle. scene. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I like Dylan Duck. I don't know. I would like to watch I it. Just I just remember watching it and enjoying it. I think it was Evo recommended. I want I want to I I you know it's, it's it's a movie I forgot about. It's I would got like an to see 8% it. It's 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? So I am probably wrong Is as hell. Is it on Netflix right now? Uh no, this was years ago that oh, okay. I watched it. It Back might when be, Netflix and it might was good. be terrible. Like it's been years since I saw it, but I just remember being like, "Huh, I know everybody hates this, but I'm enjoying this. It's mm. fun. It's fine." I'd watch it. Yeah. Oh, can I have one I uh, recommendation for me? Please. Um movie a lot of people hate, A Beauty and the Beast. Like the cartoon? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, everybody loves that movie. What's really? wrong with you? I thought I was alone on that. No. I like All that right. movie. Yeah. They're doing a live action adaptation of it like oh, this I'm year. Oh, I'm going to hate that. Yeah. Dan Be Stevens is going to be in it. Our guest. Be our guest. What's that from, Mulan? You know what's funny? What you know the that Dan hell, Stevens? dude? What's that? Oh, God. <laughs> the guy. What's your next one, Daniel? Uh, this is a movie that everybody forgot about, and I really enjoyed. Um, it was a script that... Cormac McCarthy wrote directly for the screen, directed by Ridley Scott, uh -huh. The Counselor. I thought this might make your list. Yeah, it's a cool movie. I still haven't it's, seen um, it yet. Well, one of the things that, that's so interesting about it is that it is it is the movie that's happening while the action-packed movie... Is, like This is the movie that happens in the background of the action-packed thriller that you're watching. Yeah. Only it's just that side movie. So it's all of the little bits of espionage and the little bits of just character moments that happen behind a bigger plot that we don't see. Um, so much to the point that the lead character, Michael Fassbender, his name is Counselor. <laughs> we never get to a point where we learn his name because everyone just refers to him as like, oh, Counselor, can you you know give me some legal advice here? Yeah. I, I don't know what much to say about it beyond that. It's it's definitely a very unique taste. I can Ridley see Scott why people, made that, right? Ridley Scott made it. I can see why people did not like it. I can see why it may have looked better on paper as a script mm -hmm. than it did in, in practice. Yeah, in execution. Yeah. But it, it's... I don't know. I just something about it was so engaging, and I think it was as a film lover, my head putting together the movie that we're not seeing based on this outside context was such a fun exercise that it made. I think what hurt it was that people saw it and thought it was going to be that movie. Yeah. And then when it was the anti that movie, and it was a direct just it was the upside down of that movie. Yeah, it was a yeah, complete yeah. subversion of that. And so by not getting that. People rejected it. Yeah. And I think that people who rejected it should go back and rewatch it because watching it without having to put anything together and just take it as such, I, I think it's a cool movie. And it's Ridley Scott, so it looks slick. It's good digital filmmaking. It's Cormac McCarthy, so the dialogue is just brutal and mean and, and gross and mean. The whole thing's just mean-spirited. I would see it on I Scott like and Fassbender's names alone. Yeah, you know? it's cool. And, yeah. and so many people are in it. Um, Javier Bardem's in it. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene, there's a great scene where... He talks about his wife, Cameron Diaz, and when he lost his sexual attraction to her. 
And the moment that he lost his sexual attraction to her was they were riding in his convertible and they pulled off to like fool around. And she got so turned on that she climbed onto the front of his windshield, pulled off her pants, and just fucked the front of his windshield. <laughs> and he said that while he was sitting there watching as her vagina was mashed on the glass, wiggling around like the mouth of like an aquarium fish, he's like, I was so grossed out that I like couldn't be with my wife anymore. <laughs> they don't show that from the front. Yeah. Um, Although I gotta say, a piece of me just wants to know what the fuck that looks like. But it's it such looks like a... the predator face. Yeah, it was... <laughs> exactly. and, and, that's, and it's funny because she's like doing it to like turn him on, and he's sitting in the car just like just ruined white snake for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing you can tell she's trying to do like yeah. a white snake thing, and he's and but it's such a dirty, filthy, just scummy situation, yeah. top to bottom, and it just tackles it head on. And it's just a piece of the life of this drug kingpin yeah. where you suddenly get this idea of like, we always see the drug kingpin and his wife that he doesn't really care for, but she's a trophy. We get to see the moment where she became just a trophy. To him. <laughs> That's a really interesting thing that you yeah. don't see. And the counselor yeah. does that with a bunch of different tropes. It's, That's it's wild. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, it's cool. Uh, I'm going to make this one pretty quick because I think you guys are just going to shout at me as soon as I say the title out loud. Uh, I am a legitimate fan of Jersey Girl. I quite like Jersey Girl. I I've think, not seen fine. it. I think that Jersey Girl is real good. Uh, it was the last movie that um, uh, George Carlin was in, yep. and George Carlin is very good in it. Uh, and it has, I think, one of Ben Affleck's career performances, actually. I uh, I had it on DVD solely based on the fact that it was a Kevin Smith movie. Uh -huh. um, I think I watched it once or twice. Mm -hmm. Didn't hate it. I yeah. think I think it really it dealt with the um you know was it the Gili uh, yes for sure the fallout of that was yeah because huge, Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt plays the mom at the yeah. beginning yeah um but then she's not in the rest of it yeah. I think I Jennifer think, Love Hewitt or Jennifer Lopez Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez, Lopez sorry okay. um, I didn't see Jersey Girl I, I always wanted yeah, to but it, it came out like almost on top of Gili yeah which was terrible supposedly there's actually a different cut of Jersey Girl that exists that has more Jennifer Lopez in it yeah. And that is the cut that he wanted to release, but was kind of forced to cut more of her out of it because everybody was oh, so against to be in that movie. the yeah. Jen yeah. Yeah, everybody thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I they, wanted to see it, and that came out right at the time where I was just starting to just like fade on Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah. yeah, and that was the same thing for me. I think that was right around the end because like, I remember going to the theater to go see Clerks 2 and yeah. like, you know, the, uh, A Night with Kevin Smith and all those yeah. different things. For me, it was it was watching um, evening with Kevin Smith, evening harder. Yeah, and then I realized he was doing a, a form of stand up yes. that was not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, he was telling, and like I can't tell you how many times I've heard that fucking Superman story. I love that story. I love the story, oh, the spider but thing. Yeah. yeah, the spider thing. But it just like after a bit, it's like, forty five minutes. It's long. a forty five minute bit, yeah. and you know, and there in evening harder too. He's clearly trying to be Bill Hicks at yeah. one point because yeah. he's in front of a British crowd. Yeah, he's trying to do Bill Hicks in you know. Yeah. At the Royal Albert Hall type of shit, yeah. and it just doesn't work. Yeah, um, yeah, that's. I agree with you. I actually like. I don't Jersey think the movie should have like gotten shit on as no, much as it, it's it did. pretty good, and it's definitely a departure from yes. his other work. Yeah, it's um, and it like it has like you know it's it's a little cheesy. It's a you know a story about a single dad, and it's got like kind of a cheesy ending. Yeah, but it's one of those movies that like is working so well that when the the cheesy dad is running to get to his cheesy daughter's cheesy play last minute because he's going to be late, you're, like, so on board with it. You've yeah. seen that this. movie a hundred times, but you're so on board with but it. it's Kevin Smith. And, Carlin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and Carlin's great in it, Carlin's too. so good in Carlin it. Carlin plays, when like, a really good When I picture Carlin dad. in it, all I picture is him in, I think it was Jay and Silent Bob's yeah. right back when he, yeah. like, goes down on the trucker and he makes that... Yo, he's got to know the rules of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ye
Yeah, like, hey, you take yeah. a little, hey, yeah. you get a ride. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like Jersey Girl. Quite Remember a bit. when Kevin Smith used to like really try? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, it's a yeah. shame. Yeah, you know it's funny. Uh, Tom Sharpling was making fun of Ke- he hates Kevin Smith and he yeah. was making fun of his speaking tours. He was like the dude just does speaking tours where he tells stories about making movies. He's like, but he hasn't made any fucking movies. <laughs> so like his next speaking tour is just gonna be like, oh, I remember back on my speaking tour. <laughs> he's gonna do yeah, yeah. Well, I it's like it's like comics who only do jokes about doing a different club. It, yeah, oh, yeah, I was at this club and I yeah. said this yeah. joke and then somebody said this. It's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I used to really love Kevin Smith movies and uh, yeah, I have it, a tremendous respect for the band. Mm-hmm. I just I. I his talent is so not being fit by his current work. I would agree. Yeah. And I would also say, though, I, I think at this point, he's definitely someone who's believed in the con hype, mm. um, like the convention hype. Mm. Like, he can go to a convention and be a god. Yeah. And in that in that bubble, he can do really fucking great. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing, like, when you go to see those, you know, tra- trauma film people. Yeah. Like, but the trauma film people at least admit when they're not at a convention, yeah. I make trauma film. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Kevin Smith is like, we no, critics need Kevin to respect Smith me. alongside, like, Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. He was of that level where he was alongside Tarantino and Aronofsky and all yeah. these people. Yeah. And it's like, now he's fucking yoga. Yeah, but also yeah. it's because I think that his... his he drank his own juice. Yeah, it's, but also yeah. his style didn't age with his no. audience. No, You know? Well, I don't think he... He stopped trying to develop his style. Mm-hmm. His his last two movies, and I, I actually very much enjoyed. I thought Tusk, Tusk was pretty good. Tusk was cool, but like Yoga Hosers was his big, just like, oh, well, you don't think I can make good movies? Well, now I'm going to make bad movies, and it's like, yeah. you yeah. you st- you actually are capable of of attacking that mentality because you're also partially responsible for creating that mentality yep. yeah. of the the uh, reactive fanboy. And it's like you could totally undercut that and create something brilliant. Dogma yeah. maintains one yes. of the best takedowns with respect of yeah. an institution, and he's just not even interested in, I, in well, I think, putting I think effort into it. Well, I think a big problem with it, it so fucking hurts me. He hit a wall, and I think it, and it's for an audience wall. I think after you're about like twenty three, the movies don't follow. Like if you keep maturing, mm-hmm. the, the, you, it's hard to go back and watch some of those movies. Like Dogma, you can still watch. Like. Yep. But like, if Jansen and Bob Strike Backs comes on, I'm not gonna watch it. Uh, I love like, that movie. I love Clerks that movie. Too, it was a very mature and and good movie. That Clerks that Two. Clerks Two. I thought. Yeah, it was no, really I thought good. it was yeah. to a degree. But then there's other parts of that movie where it's like, you know, like the donkey scene and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, some people were upset by it, but also you could have done a different scene there. Like yeah. that was like ham fisted in there as a joke that would really play well with 14 year old boys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and it's no, like, I agree. now in the day of the internet, like. Making the donkey scene joke, it's like, dude, I could just see a donkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, and that's I also could order part. one on an app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but he's he's part of the old zine culture and stuff like that, where it yeah. was like, oh yeah, I'm super into Star Wars. It's like, yeah, so is everybody now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't carry that same way, yeah. and so you know those type of things. Yeah, so. no, that's that's actually. Jersey I think girl, really I think like, more people should see Jersey Girl. I don't think I would people like give it a chance. It. I don't yeah. think people get a chance, and it's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's the thing is I didn't give it a chance. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm sure, whatever. And I, like I could be wrong, but I haven't watched it in years. But like in talking, because I actually agree with you. Like he has not really grown up with his audience, which and has been a problem. Is there a comic book scene in that movie? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember because like I think it's video one of the stores. Few, but no, but I think it's one of the few scenes in there where it doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of fanboy stuff. Yeah, I don't in there. think there's beyond is. like Sweeney Todd and yeah. Cats. Like yeah. there isn't a lot of outside references to it, which is why I think it's a better movie. Well, and I, I think for the, him. I think the thing is like like you were saying, like he didn't really grow up with his audience. That is the one movie he made that is actually like 
again, it's like kind of cheesy and stuff, but it's mature, like yeah. way more mature yeah, yeah, yeah. than any other movie he's made. Yeah, that is the one movie he made like kind of for grownups. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it, it works. Yeah, and the scene with like when and Ben Affleck's character actually grows more yes. than any other yes. character in any of his other Dude, movies. Dude, I, I when I say career best, it's because of that scene, and this is only kind of a spoiler, Dan. I don't think it'll matter for you. There's a scene where he literally like shouts at his daughter mm-hmm. and tells her that he hates her because the story is he loses his wife in childbirth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's this single dad who has to for basically forgo a, a big career where he would make a lot of money to raise his daughter as basically like a municipal worker in New Jersey. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah he and goes from Manhattan to living with his dad in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? his dad's George Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. and so there's a scene where he like. He just is really stressed, and he's, like, at the end of his rope with basically not getting what he wanted out of life, and he just fucking loses his mind and blames blames it all on his daughter. And he has this scene where he is just shouting at a little girl who's, like, an adorable actress that's very good, and it is, like... She's great in that. Yes, she's really good. It's, like, one of the best Affleck performances in any movie. He, like... It crushes you. It is such a crushing scene. I'm, like, crushed just hearing about it. It, I know what Affleck's It's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Highly recommend. Dan? Hit me with your number one. My number one. Oh, man, this is going to make everybody laugh. Because <laughs> you could probably see it coming, but you'll never guess it. Rocky Five. I, dude, <laughs> I literally saw it on a list today as like a bad movie everybody loves. And I was like, there is no way Dan doesn't put Rocky Five on this list. There's a huge problem with Rocky Five. And I, there's a better Rocky Five. Because the, the whole thing of Rocky Five, which is so brilliant, is that we're, we're fresh off of Rocky Four as these number systems work. Yes. Um, well, unless you're George Lucas. Well, he, he's a retired boxer. Yeah. He, he went and he ended the Cold War. He avenged <laughs> the death of his friend. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's just back home. Mm-hmm. And where do you go from world champion? Well, you could be a coach. And his son's having trouble at school and really, like, you know, wants to uh, RIP Sage. And he really <laughs> wants to, uh, you know, he really wants to kind of follow in his dad's footsteps, but he's just not really cut from the same thread. So a boxer comes to town that wants to train under Rocky, and he starts to kind of make him his surrogate son. So it becomes this, this, you know, this. Uh, do I do I go back to my old career of mm-hmm. fighting, you know, even if just in a coaching sense, or do I really focus on my family that needs me? And it's a hell of a performance from a uh, from Stallone. It's just yeah. a, it's a cool movie. I, I really enjoy that aspect. The problem with it is, at the end, he ends up getting in a fist fight under the L yeah. with the guy he's been training. Right. And the better ending would be for him to say, I don't need to prove anything to you. I don't need to have a fight and walk off. Yeah. Then the movie's a masterpiece. Yeah. But as Rocky movies <laughs> yeah. go, final fight is we not something to get rid of. Fight, yeah. So it's like a, a very big ethical and tonal faux pas, I think. It's a good fight, but... uh. I think that movie gets so much hate based on just that one problem with it. Yeah. When really, it's it's just a really good family, you know, uh, family a study of of post celebrity family life. That I think at that point in Stallone's career, he was arguably dealing with. Right, it's he might have been wrestling with that in general. Him. Yeah, and and it's at at that point we didn't realize that there were still another two decades of, yeah, of Rocky, Rocky movies, movies to make. Yeah, yeah. And, t- and the next two are are probably the two best outside <laughs> of the original, and. Uh, you know, it's the return of the original director. It's just, it's a, it's a movie that everyone goes, oh, that's the one that sucks, and it's like, no, four is the one that kind of sucks. But <laughs> it's actually tries to be How a good movie. How dare you? I love four. Don't get me wrong, but Rocky no deserved to lose. No, no puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. I, I, I can't. Neither did Hillary. It's okay. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you know what? Yeah, sure. It's a, that movie's like three months. It's literally three montages, and yeah. then they leave their son at home alone on Christmas in the care of a fuck robot while they go fight a Russian. Who oh, he still had the robot. Oh, then four. Four, four is the one with, four, the, with Paul. He didn't have a robot, robot in five. No, no, I no. never saw five. Five is just. Is he living back in Philly? In five? he's living back in Philly. Wait, so he sold the mansion and now he lives in a row home again? Well, he um he gets screwed. Polly makes some bad business investments. Okay, and since Rocky's not smart enough to deal with money, he trusted all, all the questions. Oh, Polly is a piece of shit from moment one to yeah, moment. Yeah. I don't know why he sticks around with him, but because uh, he has all the concussions. Well, he's, he has all the concussions, and they do suggest that Paulie is a, a vet with some pretty hefty PTSD. So yeah. you know, and he's this his brother in law. But th- and that's the thing that there's so much density there yeah, that they drama, yeah. that they really explore in five that they should have explored a little further. But I'm not going to fault them for for doing a pretty good job with it. Yeah, yeah. I like Rocky Five. Yeah, ready for my number one? Here's my number one. Uh, this has certainly gained like some cult status at this point. So I think. Um, People like this movie, I think, now. Uh, but I saw it in a completely empty movie theater when it came out. Uh, and for, like, probably five or six years, tried to talk about this movie with people and tell people about this movie. And no one had ever even heard of it. And if they did, they had seen, like, one trailer and wrote it off and would just be like, fuck you. Like, what do you... Death to Smoochie. Death oh, yeah, to great Smoochie movie. Great is movie. fantastic. I love that movie. It is fantastic. It is so underrated and so funny. I mean, it's become better rated now. It certainly yeah. has like a cult The audience was point. small, but it's fierce. Yes, exactly. There was no one that saw this movie when I was at the theater. And I would have gone with you. I saw that in the theater twice. I spent twice. years telling people to see it. And no, it's so good. Nobody would see it. If, if they even recognized the title when I told it to them... They all they remembered was that it was like a Barney mock, and yeah. they don't, you know what I mean, and they just they didn't give a shit. Yeah, um, it, it is that movie's fantastic. And I, I real quick just to because again I, I looked this stuff up because I was curious. Forty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's so insane. It's like, like, and that movie is like wildly funny, and oh, I think yeah. like kind of ahead of its time in the the kind of comedy it is. Oh, like yeah. if you think about that's a great Edward Norton performance. If you think about what that movie is about, the premise of that movie is essentially that. Uh, the mob are good, and charities for children are bad. Yeah, like yeah. that's the premise of that movie: that the mob are good guys, and children's charities are horrible. Remember the one guy, the Smoochie, yeah, the retired the, boxer. Yes. You know who almost had that role? Who? Henry Rollins. Of course, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. He tells a great story in his stand-up about when he auditioned for that. Yeah, he was like, I, I don't know if I'm a good actor or not. He's like, so I went in and said, my goal is to just make sure Danny DeVito never forgets me. Yeah, and apparently he went in and he like picked up DeVito, <laughs> and went nuts. He said by the end of it, DeVito was like hiding behind his desk he's like then my agent calls me a week later and it's like he fucking loved you <laughs> ultimately didn't get the role yeah. but yeah. I thought that's really funny I just, that movie is so fucking that's a great funny. movie it's, it's a so great movie. good and, and I don't know what about it was definitely the marketing was a fail on yeah. that one um, that was one that I, I caught later on HBO. Yeah. HBO Showtime, one of those. Yep. And I was just like, remember catching it and being like, holy shit, why does no one know about this movie? Yeah. Yeah. You should do an episode on that. I, I bet would that merits revisiting. Yeah, that that's yeah. a great movie. It's a great it's movie. It's so good. I believe yeah. there's a line, I, I, I'm going to botch it, but I remember Rainbow Randolph saying something where he was like, this isn't the fucking Barney show with a bunch of kids sitting around kissing Barney's purple fucking pussy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was such a... I like, thought, that is a lot of bad yeah, words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought amazing. one, Robin Williams was great in it. Yeah. Robin yeah. Williams was awesome. Yeah. And I think... what Did that come around around the same time as like One Hour Photo mm-hmm. and other movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Robin Williams was in his weird phase yep. there. So I think some people didn't know if it was supposed to be a right. Robin Williams horror-esque drama right. or a straight comedy. Right. And I think they also, because they were showing him as a scary guy... 
people were like, is this another Popeye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, people yeah. didn't know quite yeah. with that one. They should have viewed it as Throw Mama from the Train, because that's what DeVito does. He makes, when he directs, he makes very dark, yeah. goofy. Like, oh, he did D- DeVito directed it? He directed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Duplex is a movie he did, and yep. it's a movie that's not well-loved, but... All it is is just these two people want to take over the other half of their duplex, and it's a, just a sh- like the shittiest, shittiest old bitchiest lady. old yeah. lady. Yeah. So they decide to kill her. Yep. Yeah. That's the plot, and it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. But I I love the, yeah. That's a it's that's so, a really good. It, it, uh, look this up on YouTube. Uh, anybody that's listening, uh, do yourself a favor. Look up the scene where uh, Rainbow Randolph starts screaming at his TV at an advertisement for uh, Smoochie. for Smoochie. <laughs> Uh, it ends with him kicking the TV off of the table that he's watching. Yes. But he does this like crazy string of expletives where he just starts trying to call Smoochie like a bad name. Yeah. That eventually results in like bastard son of Barney Teletubby bitch. Like he just <laughs> there's it's so I think funny. There's one part, if I remember correctly, he's like making threats on the phone. Yeah. And then someone like hits him with like some logic or something, and his response is just an angry <laughs> elephant noise for a really long yeah. time, but it's it's Robin Williams in pure coked up man yeah. mode. Yeah. And, as, awesome. and as he's trying to take down Smoochie, there's a couple like one one of my favorite parts. One obviously is the Nazi rally. He yes. tricks yeah. him into performing at a Nazi rally, yeah. which is just incredible. incredible. How do you even do that? Yeah. But the second one is um, there's there they reach into the the cookie bag. Oh, the <laughs> rocket <Rocky laughs> chips! Yeah, yeah. yeah and he pulls out and he replaced all the rocket the cookies with, with dick, dick cookies, <laughs> and it's clearly a cock and balls. Yeah. Smoochie lifts it out. It's live TV. Yeah. He's holding a dick cookie, and yeah. he just looks up and goes, "It's a rocket ship!" And, <laughs> and everyone gets just going, "It's a rocket ship!" And everyone just plays along, and it's just so perfect. Oh, and so the, good. the glee shows, in Edward Norton's face. Oh, when which he shows figures how it good out. he is at doing what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like you can't fuck with yeah. that happiness. Yeah, and he was just the guy who was playing guitar in a methadone yeah, clinic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they put him in. Who was oh. wearing a, a purple. Yes. Uh, oh, and, and campaigning yeah. for veggie dogs to be available yeah. at, the, at the hot dog stand. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it's just a great. And John Stewart was there. There's a great. Yeah. S- there's a great scene where Rob Williams is getting just increasingly pissed at this dude that is dressed in a hippo costume. <laughs> he's getting like so <laughs> mad about this guy. And there's a scene where he's fuming as he's walking through New York City. And as he's walking, the camera just pans a little bit ahead of him. And you see a guy with a little stand who's like, hey, sir, would you like to donate some money to save the hippos? And he just punches him right in the jaw. He just like, no questions asked. He doesn't even stop walking. He just punches him in the jaw and he just keeps walking. Uh, I think the best part, too, is in that world that people give a shit about hippos. Uh, uh, that's a really good fantastic. We should definitely I would do love that as an episode. It's really good. It's, it's really underrated, ages. too. Yeah. People do this not... has actually jogged me. And your original question was bad movies that yeah. you know are bad. Right. That you like. That you oh, you're right, like. actually. Maybe this is not bad. Well, I, but, but, be... but for me, I yeah. this jog my memory on one in particular, yes. which I think we'll all agree is actually a bad movie. Yeah. Pro. Uh, toys. <laughs> What it say? Oh, toys! Toys. Rob yes. Williams' toys. Yes. Which the only reason, and I actually I that heard movie it. makes me feel weird. It's yeah. A, yeah. No, yeah, it, I don't it know is, what it is. It's, it's I I listened to the How did this get made about it? And they made a really great point about this movie, uh, which is any movie that was on repeat on HBO uh-huh. during your childhood, you saw repeatedly and just became a part of your life. Toys is that movie. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first movies besides One Crazy Summer that Comedy Central had. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. I d- and used to get it all the time. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Yep. And nobody knew how to promote it. Nobody really knew what it was. It was overwritten. Everything Wasn't about it. like Sonnenfeld's like, dream movie? Like, yeah, it was his, his dream yeah. movie. But, and, and, like, but it's very heavy handed. But when I was a kid, 
I remember it coming out when I used to go. It was before even like Blockbuster existed. It wasn't even a Suncoast video. It was right, some, you had like, like a Forty Eight Hours or a yeah, Believe it, in Movies. It, would, it was or, like uh, whatever Steve's movie. Yeah, hut. yeah. I remember the kids section. They had like a, a castle BNC built around. The, yeah, but they had wow. like a they had like a castle built around the kids section yes, type yeah, of thing. Yeah. It was oh, like, yeah. That's where the kids movie. They had like, the saloon doors. Yeah, my dad would boards. go through the saloon doors <laughs> in the back. Um, but I remember like seeing toys and I'm being like, I loved Robin Williams. I loved Robin Williams. Is one of the reasons I got into stand up. Yep. and I loved Robin Williams. Yep. and I had to see this movie. And I think I can't. It's not R. It's P. It's like PG thirteen, but it was like ed, like on the edge of it. It might even be from that era in the eighties where it's PG. Yeah. It but might I think, be. No, I think that's a 90s movie. Oh, is it? But yeah. it, uh, it is. It was 92. It was one of those where it was, there's no way to market it without it looking like it's for kids. Right. But it's too dark for kids. For that kids. They just yeah. had to right. walk It's actually, you know, it's, it's PG-13. That makes sense. Um, But yeah. It's what year is it? PG, uh, 1992 is when it came okay, out. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. that makes it's sense. It's on that edge, like, and it's right around, like, Hook came yeah. out. He's yeah. like, he's right on the edge of blowing. Blowing <laughs> yeah, up huge. Yeah. And he made this movie. Um, I I just really love the movie. I've tried to go back and watch it since then. It's yeah. very difficult. To. It's weird. LL Cool J's in it. It's and he so plays, strange. And he plays the white general's son. Like oh it my makes God. no sense. And LL Cool J keeps hiding by putting on camo and just disappearing <laughs> in the background. Um, oh, yeah, 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 they make a fake live MTV I music video. That. Yeah. Like, and and um and none of it makes any no. sense. But I love it. Joan Cusack's in it. Yeah. Oh, like it just doesn't like as you watch the movie progressively, it's just weirder and weirder. But it has an aesthetic to it that also reminds me of Beetlejuice. Yeah. In yeah. some ways, oh, absolutely. Yep. Like there's a scene when they're when they're lowering the coffin and like this guy's being buried in an empty, beautiful field, but there's just a single pit. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, the single yep. grave yep. for it. Um. There's something about this movie like it didn't quite speak to me as a kid. But yeah. I just will always have a fond place yep. for it. And it's because of how many times I saw it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's almost my night at the Roxbury explanation. To be honest with you, yeah. I watched it like a hundred times. That's why when Temple I was, of Doom's like, my favorite yeah. Indiana Jones. I had the yeah. tape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched it the most, so it's just the one that that mm-hmm. stuck. Yeah, mine was for my Indiana Jones. It was uh, Last Crusade because yeah. that was that was actually the first Indiana Jones movie I saw, and uh, I remember that was the one that they were putting on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah, I, yeah, like I definitely from my childhood remember seeing that one the most. Yeah, and I, I think it is because it ran on TV yeah. a lot. And I remember seeing Last Crusade, then eventually seeing um, uh, the first one. Yeah, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, and actually not liking Raiders because the um, graphics and the, the digital right, effects were shittier yeah. than. And I was like, oh, I thought they should all be right. Ra- they should all be Last Crusade level. Right. Um, then I saw Crystal Skull, and that's just you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know. uh, let's wrap this thing up. What do you think? I just want to throw this out Please? there. This, this was my my honorable mentions that I had to. Oh, right. Uh, I got a couple of those. Live Free or Die Hard, Fantastic Four, The Island of Dr. Moreau, Alien vs. Predator, Prometheus, Kingdom Prometheus of the Crystal Skull, 2010, Armageddon, Hollywood Ending, Batman vs. Superman, uh-huh. Spider-Man 3, Terminator 3, Man yeah. of Steel, Halloween 3, the remake of Footloose, the Happening and Ang Lee's Hulk. Uh, I'm, I'm actually a little upset you didn't have Batman Forever on there. I um because Batman Forever is shit, but I loved it. Yeah, has I, that great I line really like that one. Tell me, Chase, do you like to go to the Thurl? <laughs> and nobody went. Cut, Val Kilmer. Wash the fucking cum out of your mouth and try that line. Again. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then Batman and Robin was another one. I I think I broke the pause button looking at Alicia Silverstone's sculpted butt. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just like, because they would be like and, her and, butt, and then the, the and the not cape. George Clooney's sculpted butt. <laughs> no, I was too busy looking at his nipples. <laughs> oh god. The best part was nobody noticed that the nipples were in both Batman yeah, yeah, Forever. Yeah. And they didn't notice it till the poster for Batman and Robin. Yeah. Oof. He's like, I movies. put them on all the things. I, I only have both. A, uh, go sorry, I only have a handful of honorable mentions. They are mostly movies that are actually kind of bad, and I just like them, and so they didn't make my list. But Jason X, I love. Uh, Watchmen I put on here because I think that, that is ultimately like it's a movie that people don't talk about enough mm. and I think was actually a, a lot better than it got credit for I think it's kind of a masterpiece yeah I really think that movie is much better than it got credit for I think uh, it's better now looking back on it yeah the interview was another one I put on here people did not like the interview and I actually have watched it a couple of times I never I hear really Katy funny. Perry's firework without picturing uh, me Kim too. Jong-il singing me it me too I, I thought that movie was very and good and I hear that song a lot <laughs> uh, Prometheus is on my list as well I put Valhalla Rising on the list oh, because good I don't know anybody that's even seen it it's yeah. like you and i are like the only two people i know that have seen it wait is that the one with the mads mickelson is like a viking yeah that... i watched that that movie's great it's amazing that movie's fucking weird yeah, it's a yeah. flick. that yeah. movie's i mean they're they they they, they eat, do drugs they, they do drugs and rape a dude it's crazy yeah. but it's real good uh and transformers age of extinction i think is a fantastically please rip up terrible movie rip it up uh, into uh, uh. have you seen microphone. it Never going to see it. Frazier brokers a deal with alien bounty hunters on a glacier in the Antarctic. Be right back. I got to go get this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's terrible. And uh, but you do get to see T.J. Miller get turned into a weird fire statue. Uh, oh. How many racist robots are in this one? No, All of them. I was about to say none. And then yeah, yeah. Then, uh, it turned into a no. Yeah. It just turned into no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Emmett Butt in it. He's really insensitive. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's wrap this thing up. What do you think? Um, yes, you can uh, find our show everywhere at everywhere. I Like Two Movie on Twitter. If you uh, made I Like Two Movie yes. dot um, You can find me uh, on Cinadelphia.com, at Dan Scully on Letterboxd, uh, Twitter. All that fun stuff. That's right. And um, yeah, I guess for our next episode, we're probably going to end up doing some Oscar stuff. Oh, I think we are. That, that's yeah. true. We're getting there. That's yep. true. Yeah. Let's, uh, ooh, that's on the table. Good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. You can uh, read uh, reviews of every movie I watch, every single one, on letterboxd.com slash Philadelphia with an F. Uh, our show is facebook.com slash I like two movies. It's the number two. Uh, and I write uh, on farsightedblog.com occasionally. We just did a Friday fight about the guest. Uh, you can check that out. Nice. Uh, Perlman, where can people find you on the interwebs if you'd like them to? Yo, you can find me on the good <laughs> places like Twitter, <laughs> at Alex Perlman. I'll be at Helium Comedy Club Hell March yeah, 22nd. Through, with who? Uh, with uh, Brad Williams. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm like excited for that. I'm also, I got other stuff coming up. You can find my Facebook comedy page. It's at Alex Perlman Comedy on Facebook. So Facebook.com slash Alex Perlman Comedy. I have not updated this in two and a half years. <laughs> um, so there's nothing on there but old videos that my boss told me to take down for my job. Um, you can also go to my YouTube page. You did this stupid fucking voice in your plugs last time, too. <laughs> Yo, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is really fun. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, uh, yeah, I'm glad you ended up liking guys, it. Guys, can I tell you? It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> hey, that had no double, one's made it this far into this. That podcast. had double meaning, just like the title yeah. of knowing, because it's like the country's well, like, going to be over soon. Oh, it's, also, I, oh, just I thought he was just going to kill himself. No, no. <laughs> also, it just, I just realized it. It's called knowing because those two kids are going to biblically know each other. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I hope people made it this far. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs>
All right, let's have this thing. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Alex Perlman, and I like to radio radio. Oh, <laughs> Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. We all know DJ Perlman. That you like to movie movie. Because we like to movie. Your neighbors are pissed. You just turned purple.